we're live. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Today, uh, here on Renegade Supreme, brought to you by our reputable sponsors, Brada Subs. And Colgate. Brada Subs. Just opening uh, next year, actually. Brada Subs. Selling you all the best local grinds in sandwich form. And on... On, on one plate sometimes, too. <laughs> yeah, oh, in, in one family, all plates. In one car. Wow, whole town. Picture this. You're six years old. You just lost your football game. <laughs> your dad driving you home. You're crying. <laughs> your dad yelling at you. Boy, I told you. I, th- I told you run those drills, boy. <laughs> but you just like played a Nintendo Switch, huh? <laughs> and you're crying. Your modesty in the car, she's not saying anything. She don't like stand up for you. Your brother, your sister, they don't care. They're on their phones. They get the AirPods in, Apple Watch on, everything. Yeah. But you, you're only six years old. You just lost your first game. That's it. You're not going to states in Lahaina. That's it. You're done. No, you're never going to state. But you know what your father does because he loves you so much, even though he beats you. Do you dirty He drives you all the way to Brada's Sobs, sponsored by Brada's Sobs. Yeah. And Brada's Sobs. Employing Brada's. You walk in, you see all the brothers and aunties and models and sisters and brothers. And the brothers. And they cook you on me and sob. And brah, you forgot that you lost the game. That's it. Opa, done. Those tears, you can wipe them. The sob takes care of everybody. Fill you up, make you feel like you warm inside. Like you get love on the inside. Brada sobs, brada sobs. Brada Sponsored sobs. by brada sobs. Brada Subs, sponsored by Brada Subs. A product of Tim and 808 Ferns. Brada Subs opening in maybe two years. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe one years. Maybe. I don't know. What a kind, two days, two months? Couple days, tomorrow, yeah. maybe yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> Need a black brother to come to your house and give you a sandwich? Yeah. Call Brada Subs, I'll send a Negro over to your house. <laughs> he get the 12-incher. The sub, of course. So... Just so our listeners know, this episode is a very special episode. We are very going special. to interview our good friend, Marcus. Marcus is an Ethiopian-African man. We met him here on Maui. Marcus also used his connections through his job to help all of our friends and some of very specific friends Make sure that they had a room to stay after the fire. Marcus Dude saved also, my life during the fire. Yeah, he was also helping running in and out of the fire. Because, you know, his people can run fast. And um, But he was going in and out of the fire, pulling people out, when the cops were actually telling him that he needed to not go and they were stopping them. They so, thought he was looting houses, but never I, happened. Oh, it never. I would have thought the same thing, but you know. You I, know, he brought me to his house. He saved my life. So, and my mom's. So that's why forever grateful for this guy like no jokes no nothing yeah. my brother was there too <laughs> but my mom you know my mom was yeah, there got you. so that so was mean we're gonna interview marcus and it's gonna be good he's gonna tell us all about his life and his family and i think the best way to start marcus is introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you how you got here and then i think people would really love and enjoy to hear the story about you going back to the homeland where are you going? Absolutely. Um, hola, me llamo Marcus. Hey, I'm Marcus. Um, hey, I came hey. to this planet when my parents came together and decided to have me. Um, but then a couple of years ago, I moved out here to Maui 
met some of these guys at the Kava Bar, and we've been cruising ever since. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about me. I work for the hotels here on Maui and some of the other inner islands as well. Um, what do you guys want to know? How old are you? I am 27 years old now. 27 years young. And, and, and uh, are you single right now? Or are you... Yeah, yeah, single. That's awesome. Yeah. What's yeah, your yeah. age preference uh, um, in a woman? In a woman. So what happens on Renegade Supreme is the episode after your interview, you get a lot of calls from, oh, okay. yeah, from women. Um, they usually go by the name of Nixon. Because ah. um, that, that's kind of our fan base. And Matt Marlin. Um, and Matt Marlin. Matt Marlin's cute. But they're women. Okay. And they're <laughs> going to come knocking down your door. Just don't give them my address. <laughs> <laughs> the address is actually down below. So, so Marcus, you said you moved out here. What was the plan, like, going through your head when you wanted to come out here? Was um, it just spontaneous? Or? No, I guess I wanted to move back in my senior year of college. Um, right before COVID, I wanted to move. And the HR director person at that time, or the hiring guy, he said... Not at this time, because you still got to finish school, so you can't move out to Maui right now. So mm -hmm. go somewhere else that you can. So I moved to South Carolina after I graduated. I worked there for two years. Um, and then I applied again to move out to Hawaii and ended up, they had my regional job open. And I applied, and the guy I interviewed with was the same guy that two years before told me I wasn't ready to move out to Hawaii when he saw my name come up again. There's not... He just saw my name, saw my resume and stuff, and then just remembered me. And so he was just like, yeah, you got the job. That's awesome. So that gave me the opportunity to come Hell out yeah. here. And I was originally supposed to move out to Kauai. So I did all my research about Kauai and all the living there and everything. And then a couple of weeks before my on work day or on like our work app, it said um, Maui. And I was just like, well, okay. Yeah. And a week later, I was on Maui and that was it. Like, I now this is home. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And and you enjoying it so far? You loving the job? How's that going? Job's awesome. Um, still loving it. Loving where I live right now. Loving, yeah, it's like high is amazing of living out here. That's awesome. Yeah. So so we've we've been really hyping up this episode for a while now in a lot of our other podcasts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you guys could see, there's a if there's a camera, we're gonna cut to the camera. But you got Nixon's just he's our he's our sound guy and Kava guy today, and he's just looking like a pimp, bro. And it just it's awesome. I got scared for a little bit, and then I'm here. Anyway, so back to the topic. So so we've been actually hyping up this episode for a while now. A long you know, time. A long time. We always mention your name in almost every episode. We're like, oh, but Marcus will tell you about that. So, so <laughs> the listeners are like, who is this Marcus? Who is this? Like, since is he episode Wakandan? three, Tim's been like, we got to get Marcus. Yeah, like we've been really wanting to get Marcus on, and Marcus is here. So, could you give us a little backstory about uh, your your childhood and you know all that? Absolutely. Do you want the story? You of, can go wherever you want. Do like, you want me to start yeah. from like my perspective and into the point when I yes. went back to Let's the motherland? Let's okay, do that. Okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. In the beginning. Nice. I like that. Great beginning, as always. Put some sad music in the background. <laughs> From conception, please. Okay. Um, How did you not birth? No, conception. No, no, no. I, I can actually tell you that, but that, that would okay. become later on in the story. Awesome. Okay, because I didn't know at that time. I, I didn't know at that time. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was born in Galimso, Har, Ethiopia. Um, that is in Africa. Um, 
and at the age of seven, between the age of, yeah, so five years old, um, my mom, so I, I had a, I don't know where to start, but I'll just start from the beginning. Wherever your heart desires. Okay. Can okay. I just preface this by saying, Marcus is one of, like, the coolest people with the coolest stories. Me up too like, much. the adventures awesome. of this man's life. <laughs> but, well, a lot of people on Maui are like that. So, I'll, I'll unhype okay, you cool, that cool, way. Cool. Yeah, bring but, me down. Yes, like, Okay, now, so start from birth and then talk about, like, how you got to America. Can. Bing okay. bong. Yep. Um, like I said, I was born in Ethiopia. Um, age five, my mom and my dad and my little brother got sick and they slowly started passing away um and then i'm just gonna start heavy um and then my older brother and i were put in orphanage and were adopted by our white savior as some people call it but i call it my mom lois smith um (laughs) she came to africa and saved us or gave us a second chance at life because a lot of kids at that time at least 2004 from 20 yeah from two from 2020, no, sorry, what's the year? 2000, that's the 2000. year. From 2000 to 2010, there's a lot of, like, diseases going on in Africa. Mm. So in 2004, there's a lot of, like, diseases that are happening in Africa. And so a lot of kids were orphanage and were orphaned and their parents passed away or their relatives would put them in orphanage for different reasons. And so I got the privilege of being adopted by her and being raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan, interesting town area to grow up in um really it was a good life that she gave us um she was a school teacher um and so that gave me a lot of like educational opportunities and stuff and trying to learn english was really difficult especially when you're seven and going to first grade and everybody else speaks english except you don't so that was really a different perspective so when when did when did you first start learning english at seven at seven holy shit because at seven that's when you've kind of solidified a lot of your subconscious like language yeah uh, operating systems and you're just like that right. time, I already spoke two languages, Oraminga and Amharic. So those are my wow. two native languages. Whoa. And so then at seven, moving to America, I was like, you're going to learn English and forget about the other two languages you know. And within six months, my mom's a great teacher, as you can tell. Within six months, my brother and I forgot our two languages and all we spoke was English. Wow. wow. So, Did you use that, like, hooked on phonics? <laughs> no, so, I'll give you a little backstory to her. Um, since she was, like, a kid, she knew she wanted to be a teacher. And so when she became 18, she went to college to learn to become, like, the teacher. And so then when she, after she graduated, she moved to Africa from her, like, early 20s to almost uh, early, almost 40. Wow. And so from that time, she lived all around Africa. So she had a passion for she it. She had a passion. And then she adopted. Yeah. That's so awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, so she lived there for, yeah, for almost, yeah, 20-some years, teaching people English, and then she would also focus on African kids or, like, kids from that area who had learning disabilities, so, like, ADHD, but then also, like, um, Down syndrome and mm. all those different types and variants, that chromosome type, and that in affect your learning. Um, she started teaching those kind of kids in Africa, and so trying to teach them about society and all. And then when she moved back to America, she started teaching as English as a second language to a lot of, like, um, you call them lost boys. It was in Africa. There was a time when there was a war in Kenya and all, like, you know, the East Africa region, there was a lot of war. So a lot of people were going to South uh, Africa. And so then eventually those people were lost boys because they had to leave their parents' home at, like, 10 years old until they were 15. They just lived in the desert for almost 10 years and then they eventually wow. got to south 
Africa and they, you know, they did the whole process to become refugees and a lot of them ended up in Midwest. So my mom was their teacher. So she taught them English and stuff. And by this time, these guys were like 20 years old, 25 years old. And you can, there used to be a lot of documentaries I used to watch back in the day of like those kind of kids. It was like, you know, those movies where it's like the first time somebody goes to a drive through first time they like see America, they yeah. see AC. Those are the kind of people that she would teach and like grown ah. people that have never seen a phone that have never. And I'll tell you some of that in my past story too. And I went back to Africa. There's a lot of those people that never got to see any of that. So she would taught them English and like kind of. So that was her passion. And so that's awesome. At age 40, she realized she wanted to have kids of her own, but she never got married, was always married to the Lord, never had another man, nothing really? like that. So you, you just grew up with your mom? Just grew up with my mom. Awesome. And so one day she just had a vision that she was going to adopt kids, and God led her to come to Ethiopia and adopt my brother and I. And So when you say, like, she was married to God, she was a devout and Oh, she devout, believer. like, never had a man. I don't know like, almost a, almost never a nun. Like, yeah, never had sex. Almost That's a sister. Word. Yeah, she wow. yeah she's pretty much like a nun. Like she loves the Lord wow. like with all of her heart. Like, dude, let's take a shot of that, guys. We're gonna take a cup of shell here. Nixon uh, cooked some up for us. It's Thank you, Marcus, for yeah, coming on the podcast. Oh yeah. That's good. That's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a little bit. Of I think you know. Part. I think that's what's your what name again? Lois Smith. Lois Shout out Smith. to Lois Smith. Lois, you're awesome. Um, like I think that's that's where a lot of like growing up with your mom, it really made you such a compassionate person. No, growing up with I was t- just shut up. Hey, why'd you fucking sit down and quit making all your fucking noise over there, you piece of shit? <laughs> but like I, I really do Texan like I think that, that that helped like make you the person you are. Of course it helped, but like really it we're able to see that. You know, and it's really cool. Like, very compassionate, very caring. Um, did you get beat when you were a kid, like spanked and stuff? By her. Yeah? She spanked me one time, and I started laughing, and she never spanked me again. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, Sorry, white women mean, can't hate me. No, <laughs> it was like, I think I was like eight, and my brother, we had a radio, and I love listening to the radio and, like, listen to audio kind of stuff. And so she wanted to put it in the hallway one day so he can hear it, and I just took it and when she went to sleep I put it in my room and said no he's not listening to this is my book I'm so I listened to it like right where I was sleeping and then the next day she like took me and she was like spanking me and I just started laughing because I was just like why are you touching my butt like that's what I just kept thinking like it wasn't like it hurt but I wasn't like it was <laughs> she's like she, chi- he likes this I can't, no. I stop. as a child I was just like I was seeing it from a different perspective because I think all like the trauma and stuff that I'll talk about in my past and then when I was actually, like, getting hit for it, I was just like, huh, I've never been treated like this before. And I just started laughing because it was just like, I don't know. <laughs> That's wow. interesting. Wow. That's really interesting. So so growing up, like, during through high school, um, how am I going to word this so to make it sound? Did you experience, like, of course you're going to experience it in elementary, but growing up, like, in junior high and in high school, did you ever experience any uh, kind of prejudice because you were from Africa? So, that is a good question. Um, That's why I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Hey, hey, you're off the podcast. (laughs) Go home. Uh, As I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize there's, like, different ways of getting racism or different ways that people look at you Mm -hmm. down. So, it could be your skin color, your family, like, class, middle class, lower class. Just just different reasons. Especially in the mainland. Yeah. So, if you have long hair, short hair, doesn't matter. Like, they... 
will make fun of you and you'll criticize you for some things you don't really realize it until later on. Um, so I noticed this kind of earlier, but like now as I'm getting older, I saw I'm seeing it more and more in the world. Um, and I think mis mixed kids or like kids that are here too in Hawaii who are half Filipino, half Hawaiian, half like Samoa, like they all they all have their own inner racism and stuff that goes on. So growing up, um, all the white people would see me, like all the white kids at school, they'll see me as the African kid. They're like, oh, he's the African kid. And then all the black kids, it wasn't that many black kids I went to that school, but the, all the black kids there, they'll see me as the kid from Africa. Oh. And so, the, so mm. like, that white people will see me as, sorry, yeah, so that white people will see me as a black guy. So just look at my skin, like, yeah, he's a black guy. All the black kids that were, like, raised in, like, that neighborhood, their families, their mom and dads are black. They looked at me as if I was just, like, a kid from Africa because I tried to fit into their culture, but I never mm. did because wow. my mom she taught me was what she knows and that's the white American culture. And so, but that didn't fit in with the white American culture because I'm black and they are not expecting people who are African American or darker skin tone to talk back to them or like, you know, the way they like, I have cousins and relatives that are all white. And so it was just like the way I talk to them is the way I talk to normal people. So going to school, I would talk to the white people as if like, Mm. I'm just talking to them, and they weren't used to that because they're used, to, you know, the way black people or society calls it, whatever black culture is. So like they see me as I'm like talking to them in that way. So it was just really weird growing up between those two worlds. Um, wow. I had some really good friends there, and I'm so yeah, really was, good I friends was just with about them. To ask about yeah. that. Like, did you have any people that brought you through that? Yeah. So I had a lot of really good friends that brought me through that, and so with my, uh, it's not really skill. It's just like with me understanding other people and like noticing those kind of racism things. I can see people and their weakness and I would like help them out and just like trying to make them feel better. It's like my best friend, Jake, he like cool dude. He just doesn't like talking to people. Like he's just not very so like he's social, but he just doesn't, he wasn't very like interactive with a lot of people. And I noticed that I was like, Oh, I'm going to be friends with that guy. Cause I see this in him and I can see that like, and people ended up loving him. Cause like by senior year, him and I both were on like homecoming court and like, so him and I becoming friends and like using our two different skills as I was talking earlier about the disc style mm -hmm. him and I taught using our skills we ended up pretty much running that school like by wow. senior year like us two and then we had like end up other having like friends from other friend groups that would join us and him and I would always you know jump into different circles and stuff and I was their class president that senior year too like it was wow. just like I used my skill to like to help people out instead of just like okay these groups gonna hate me this group's gonna hate me i can just sit on my own that's not the way i was raised yeah. in my struggles in life so i wish just would fight back to those kind of struggles and it kind of helped out that my older brother was a school bully so people saw me in a different <laughs> light once he started beating kids up once we got oh. to high school he started beating other kids up um the african and him came out he beat the shit out of people it was awesome watching that's cool um, he used to sit in the bathroom and if you were peeing his friends would like a cough or something and he would take his belt off and start hitting kids in the leg like sweeping them <laughs> by the leg and so Fuck. nobody ever picked on me but they still like those racism stuff still happened but then as they realized who my brother was they were just like yeah we're not gonna pick on that guy because he can just get his older brother and so that kind of won me as like uh, somebody not to be touched with but yeah. then they saw how nice I am and so that kind of helped out to like yeah it was like a whole combination like a whole combination of things yeah. that really helped me like succeed and I really wasn't picked on or anything people will still race, say racist things like oh that kid's an Oreo or like I'll oh, go back to Africa or those kind of things but it was Love just Oreos. like <laughs> 
hey, that's good. Uh, but it was just like it, that. Yeah, there's just like a whole bunch of different circumstances that came together. Yeah, yeah. That I think gave me a leg up in life, or like that helped me out, even though I was like dealt bad cards. God still found a way to play them in like a perfect way. Shout out to Marcus's older brother. Yeah, don't don't mess with him. Shout out to Marcus's older brother. What's his name? Uh, Micah. Micah. Shout out to Micah Micah Smith. Yep, shout out to that guy. He's also the guy who took my crush all three times. All good. Oh, we we'll <laughs> revoke the shout out. Don't tell the school bully who you're. Yeah, I want to scrap that out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, he's a changed man now. He's a changed man. We're your friends now. We'll all fight him. <laughs> Come with us, young man. <laughs> no, dude, I told we him. We shall protect you. I, I told we him. We need I... to get you all the crushes. Who's his wife? She's yours. No, no, she's not. Right, he already has a wife waiting. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that guy. Any white bitch I, I, he wants. I told my brother, there's this girl named Miranda Martin. Shout out to Miranda Martin and Ellen Lakewater. Miranda Martin. You guys were both my two uh, first crushes at the same time. Um, I'm gonna tag them on Instagram. Oh, you were you're looking yeah, for that? Three, oh, I am. Three, I am. Um, but then deal. my brother, um, he, I told him, and he made out with both of them and did some stuff with the other one. So. Oh, oh you told which him. One? Yeah, I told him. He's my brother. We uh, live together. I thought I could tell him, but then he's like, oh, my brother got good taste. You never tell your brother that kind of stuff. Dude, wow. I never, I've never said a word to any of my brothers, so I don't yeah, even know. Who I talked to my brother. He's, cool. he's like, I, I don't think they're real. <laughs> Isn't that right, Mike? It's like, I don't fit yeah, in this cultural. Right. What? Did somebody honk? So, so, Marcus, so you kind of been talking about like these traumatizing events. Now I don't want you to have to talk about the the bad, the worst things that if you don't want to. But so let's just say, what are the most influential uh, points in your life, pivot points or challenges or successes that like really, like besides everything you just said, which was already incredible, but what what are some of those like most um, ch- challenging or inspirational points that really stick out to you? I'll start at the end to get to the be- to the end yeah. to the end. Hell yeah! Um, That's so the Inception. That. Inception. Right there. So the end is um, this past September, right after the fires happened out here. Um, I went back to Ethiopia for a month. And that's already, like, after not being there for 20 years, that's, like, one of the hardest things you can face is, like, mm. going back to the point where you began. Like, everybody, like you know, I know a lot of kids, they know where they're from, their family, their history. But imagine never knowing that, and you just know, like, little, like, family stories, but you don't know where you came from. Mm. And so, wow. for 20 years, my brother and I always wondered who we are. It's like a shattered past. Yeah, it's a you shattered past, and we always together. try to put the pieces together, like you said. But we just never knew where to begin. And so, when I went back that's when I kind of found out more about my past and it just gave me a lot of closures, but also a lot of like, a lot of like endings to a lot of stories so I can have a better like future and a better like mm. understanding of that's it all. Profound. Um, and yeah, so it ended up, so I'll just start with the story now. Um, earlier this, or earlier last year, um, and even when I, before I moved out here, my goal was to go back to Africa eventually. Um, and so being on Maui, seeing a lot of like people having ohanas and families and like I felt a lot of like, you know, like connections with people and getting to know people more and like their families. I'm just like that kind of inspired me like I need to go back and find out what my family is because a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm from Tonga. I know all my relatives. This and that. I'm like, oh, you can just go back to your island whenever. Like yeah. I can do that, too. You're like, you know them? <laughs> yeah, you know them. So I went back to Ethiopia. And so my 
so I started doing some research on what the orphanage I'm from. So I asked my mom to send me like documents and stuff. She sent me government documents of my adoption, but I didn't really tell her where exactly I'm adopted from. Um, but it gave the name of the orphanage. And so I Googled that and put that into some databases and it showed up with a one, like just not much research. Cause it looked like the orphanage was like closed and they weren't taking any more kids since 2014. The people that were involved with the orphanage shutting down were doing a lot of legal stuff. And so I found their names in court documents. I found them on Facebook. I messaged mm -hmm. them. One of them, the director of the orphanage, messaged me back and she said, she can't give me any information for legal reasons. So I'm like, whatever this is, it's got to be like, they have to shut down for a bad reason. Like they, And she can't give me any information, which mm. means I can tell she wants to help because she messaged me back. But she's just letting me know that she can't help. Um, and so, but she did let me know there is a Facebook group, and that was it. Like, she didn't tell me what it was for, nothing. That's all she could say. So I looked at the Facebook group. It's called Layla House Orphans, um, and that's kids that were adopted at the same time I was, from 2004 until 2010-ish, um, anywhere in that range. Mm -hmm. And I was adopted that year. The orphanage was already getting going. Um and so I found that Facebook group and I started looking at the people's pictures and stuff in there. They were posting pictures from when we were orphans. And so I asked my mom and my brother to scan and text me pictures from the orphanage. I can put them in the message and be like, hey, do you, anybody in this group know who these kids are that I'm standing next to? Maybe they have a story of me. Maybe they remember. And somebody messaged me back um, and she, her name was Sib. And she... Shout out Sib. Shout out Sib. She, sa she, met, she commented on one of the pictures and she says, oh my gosh. I've been wondering what happened to those boys. She said, do you know where they are? And I said, yeah, that's me. No and that's my way, brother. And she's dude. like, Will you? And, I, and she's like, well, that is me in the little picture. And I was like, no way. And she's like, yeah, that's me. And I was just like, there's no way. And so I remember with Brayden and stuff, um, um, with one of our other friends, I showed him and he, I made him look into Facebook and stuff because he's all about the computer stuff. So he started looking into this girl, ended up that she is that she's claiming to this girl is, and that is literally her. It wasn't no scam. Um, so she ends up being the same little girl that we knew when we were an orphan. Wow. And so I look through her pictures now and I'm just like, she grew up to Is be she cute. She's bro. Hopefully she doesn't hear this. This is really uh, a love shout story. Out to <laughs> she, she's a model in New York City. That's Dang. why I thought shout was, out to Marcus's this is new life. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you her info after. No, <laughs> I'm gonna send you. <clears throat> I'm gonna send it to you after. Um, but no, she. So she ended up. He's still searching. When's for her. she flying out here for the <laughs> no, wedding? No, with no, you? no, no, no. No, she's cool. We, she's more of like a sister because my mom was going to adopt her the same time as us. Uh, and she would just keep hanging out with us. And she was just like a little sister to me. A little, I mean, she's bad, but like, yeah, she's, she's still cool. Um, do you really want to see a picture of her? No, I'm just... I'm just she's like, like a little going, sister. Yeah, yeah. So and she's, she's bad. Yeah, she's cool. We, 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 mm. not, we just were in the orphanage together. So we went to a traumatic moment my together in life. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're not going to find her. Um... Yeah, so I'll go back to the story. So yeah, so she ended up claiming that she's that's her, and like I started looking, I started talking to her more and stuff, and she said she went back to Ethiopia the year before, and she found, she found her family, she found our orphanage. She said, but it was completely like it's not there, the location anymore. Um, so I started doing the, I started doing more research on the orphanage, and she gave me feedback of like when she went back. Um, and so I booked my flights right after the fire, and I just got on a plane, and I went with no information at all. I had some contacts that I could reach out to. 
um, that spoke English. So my one of my friends that I made in high school, he's also from the Ethiopian community. So he has a cousin that lives in Ethiopia who's going to be my translator. And so when I landed, he picked me up. Um, we're going to do a kava shot right here. Kava shell toast to Sim. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, so I landed, and then uh, Abush picked me up, was his name, and for the, next, Abush. For the next month, me and him were going to be together. Um, from our research, we went to the exact like location where the orphanage was from, and they were, we, like Sib said, we couldn't find the location at all. Um, and so then we went back to like where we're staying, and I'm doing more research on Facebook, and I found out there is a parent company that owns a bunch of different orphanages, and we're hoping that that orphanage would be the one that, you know, maybe bought out, bought them out by chance or anything like that. And I show up to that orphanage with my translator and we're like, hey, can we talk to your director? Um, we're just trying to see if he has any information for us. And ends up the director was happened to be there that day. He shows up and he sees me and I look at him and we both look at each other like we've met before. And I'm just like, where have I, where would I have met this weird like African man before? And so I just start telling him my story, and then my translator was translating of like what I'm telling him, and then the director guy starts speaking English to me. He's just like, "I remember you." He said, "You guys were one of my first cases That's from when crazy. I was an orphan." Um, he's like, "Cause he just got hired now when he was 20, and so that was 20 years ago. So he's 40 something now. Um, so that was like we were his first cases. His job was." to go to the government and get us like passports and visas whenever kids were like verified to get adopted. Um, and so he was one of our first case workers and he says he remembers me and he remembers my brother. And so I showed him pictures of us when we were kids and I happened to have a picture with him when we were kids wow. from our orphanage. And he's like, yep, that's me. And I'm like, that's what I thought. And so then um, he's like, what do you guys need? What are you guys doing? And so I told him that we're looking for my origin place. Where am I adopted from? Do you have any paperwork from that? He said, well, this parent company, Selena, bought Layla House at the time. Mm. And so we still have all the documents. They're just in a big old warehouse wow. that we've never organized in since 2014. And so it's been over 10 years now. Um, and it's just been sitting there. And so he's like, you guys can go in it. I generally won't let people go in there because we have a lot of like, classified documents with people's information, passports, like social security card numbers. But I trust you guys, and I know that I remember you. Like you're, I know, like what you're telling me is the real truth. And so, yeah. wow. by the power of God, like he literally just happened to be the guy like that we were, you needed to talk to. That we That's needed so to talk cool to. That he like, he like switched from speaking Ethiopian to like, to like English. English. And he's like, oh, I remember you. That's like, so yeah. crazy. It's just like anytime you get a wow. first time job, you remember like just weird little details about your first job. And for him, that was his first job wow. to like get our passports, and he just wow. remembers that. Wow. So to me, that was like awesome and so he let us look through the paperwork and we spent about four and a half days looking through the documents through a big old warehouse it's like actually it's not it's, not, it's like the size of this deck here wow. it's See, just like before it, you keep going i want to ask what you said four and a half days what was the driving fr like front of your mind thought that kept you going what were you thinking about constantly that kept you going to keep pressing and looking for the answer it's I was a little scared of finding my story, like finding my relatives, and I've never been this close before. And for me, when I get scared, I like to like keep pushing myself to go and go and go. And so mm. I was truly terrified of like finding the paperwork and then having just like it end there or not finding it at all. So I'm just like, I'm gonna keep searching. And mm. we like by the wow. second day, 
we already searched through the whole thing and we didn't find a single thing. And my translator guy's like, okay, we didn't find anything, let's give up. And I'm like, no, I like was I was refusing the answer. He's like, we've already looked through everything. I said, yeah, you look through that section, I looked through this section. I didn't find anything in my section. I know you're not as driven. Like I'm not like I kind of said that to him because it's like that's not his. You don't life want story. it as bad. Yeah. yeah, I was like I'm gonna double check everything that you did because, yeah, you don't want it as bad as I do, and I mm. know I believe that it's in this room our paperwork. Yeah. and I know I thoroughly th- searched through all of our stuff. Wow. And so I searched through all of his side and did not find anything, and I promise you I'm not lying when I say this. I searched through the whole thing, all done. <clears throat> fourth day like the four, yeah i guess the fifth day starts and we're halfway through and the girl that was also helping us she's like okay we're gonna go to lunch now and i think this is it and the four days you know we've been hanging out with the orphan kids like getting to know them all and so How like, was that it, that was really cool that was, that nice. was awesome because it was like they couldn't be adopted but people were still giving out orphans and so they were all there wow. and so we were getting to know them and like for me it was just like like I said, like the beginning and the end. Like you could I am, see yourself I am be- in them. Yeah, like I am at like the beginning of my life story. Wow, but that's so sad. Like, mm. But they're like a younger version of me. And like the things that they were doing was exactly the things I was doing in the same, like with my friends in the orphanage. Like, I don't know. It was just such like a weird thing. I can, it's hard to explain. But like, I just understood those kids. And they uh, they mm. looked at me as if like I'm their future. And I'm like, yeah, wow. you like. That's this is crazy. literally what your future could look like. There's different variables, but this is what your future could look like. And so it was just like really cool four days of hanging out. So even if I couldn't find my documents, I was still really, really happy that I got to spend it with those kids and yeah. just getting to know them. And the New Year's was coming too, so I was going to buy them a goat and we're going to celebrate and nice. all. Um, so it was good. I thought that was the end of it. The rest of my African trip, I'm just going to hang out with the orphanage kids and just have a good time. But then I just had an urge in my body before we left that room on that last like last minute. I literally said, I'm just going to check one last thing. And I literally, there's like this stack of binders. I have a picture of it. I'll show you. There's these stacks of binders at the, like in between, like all the whole thing is binders everywhere. But in the corner, all the way to the bottom, I just remember there's just one binder. I was just like, I don't know why, but I'm having an urge to check in this one. And it's like God just literally yeah. God telling me. Yeah. And it's like a whole stack. So like I had That's like my translator, I'm like, hey, can you Amen. lift it for me? And I'm just going to pull this one out. He's like, dude, it's going to fall. And I'm like, just do it. Like, at this point, like I'm already losing. <laughs> what am I paying you for? Like, like, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to believe in my gut. And like, and he's, he's like, this dude's like, because you know I'm a believer in God. And so is he. So he's like, this dude's got like crazy connections with God or something. But okay. So he lifts it up. I bring it out. And I'm just like, he wants to look over my shoulder and I tell him, just just go somewhere else. I just <laughs> I just feel like whatever I'm gonna open here is gonna like unrelease me. And I'm one when it's like once I've like I know something, I don't like I love people, but like I just need just like just some space. Yeah, yeah. So he just like steps away for a little bit and he's just kinda talking to that girl. I maybe they're saying in their language, this dumbass, he ain't gonna find nothing. But for me, <laughs> I literally was looking like I was hoping the holy grail. I open it, I like flip a couple of pages and I see one of the kids on there and it's that girl. Wow. Sid. And wow. I'm like, holy crap. That means, she, cause she told me before she was adopted the same time I was. So then I flip one more page and it's another kid that I remember from the orphanage who's my best friend when we were orphans and his name is Bizwayu. He lives in uh, Berkeley. He went to Berkeley. He wow, lives Berkeley. in... Um, in Cali? Or in, yeah, in California. So he lives wow. in California um, and like, 
I was wow. like, oh my gosh. I knew his name, but I never knew his last name. I took a picture of that because I'm like, I'm going to message him on Facebook. I've always wanted to find him, and I did reconnect with him too. Um, and so then I flip a couple more pages, and I see a picture of my brother. Wow. And that's when I knew, like, the answer is everything I'm dun, looking dun. for. <laughs> and that's when I found out my dark past <laughs> as a wizard. <laughs> He's like, hey, hey, whoa. He's like, I am my brother. There was only one of us. <laughs> we morphed into one. <laughs> Dude, and were you on that book, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so my older brother, he always goes first. So, like... I saw his and I and I like I didn't even no, need to look first. at mine. I, no, in this group you go first. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I didn't even need to look to my page because so I already knew at I the was front back of the there. Bus. Like I just had so much belief. I didn't. What'd you say? Did you shut the fuck? He said, "Sit at the front of the bus." <laughs> yeah. And my I'll friends, I sit in yeah. the front of the bus. Um, so I didn't even need to look to flip to my page because in his I already knew it had all the information because from looking at all the other documents. It says who you are, where you were adopted from, who like dropped you off at the orphanage, and the witnesses. Like you have to have three community members that sign saying like who dropped you off at the orphanage. So it had to be community people that actually knew you. And so as soon as I found his, I didn't even need to flip. I mean, I did flip just to see myself. Yeah. But like I already knew I was back there. It was like as soon as I saw his, like all the weight was lifted wow. because like I knew that's my brother, and we're gonna like have the same backstory. And so I flipped to mine. And it's pretty much said the same thing. It only described our characteristics differently. It said his was aggressive. Mine was peace and patience. <laughs> that's his said, hilarious. His said was like even we were even orphans, at a young age. Wow. Even at a young age, his said he's like good at making friends, but then he gets aggressive and like people follow him like submissive. Like oh. he's just like very dominant. And then me and the polar wins. opposite, who's like very like emo like emotionally and I can connect with people and I can bring people together for fun mm. stuff. So like it was just fun even back then. Our characteristics were just like described. I was like, it doesn't matter what country or language you speak in, it's still the same. Um, how, how much older is he than you? 11 months. 11 months. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Nice. You guys are close. That's yeah, they're wow. very close. And I was always wow. just, just right back to it, huh? Once you popped out. <laughs> He popped out. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's not wow. much to do in Africa, so. <laughs> so you can start you, at age of 14 if you want. You hey. found you found this, and then you're like, I know. Now I can find out where to go. I can visit. Yep. So now that led to the next thing. It's not really on a map, a Glimso. It's not like a. You, really. The, you can see horror. I always says horror Glimso, but then where's Glimso? You don't. There's no like Google map that will wow. teach you how to get there. It's just a village in the middle of there's nowhere. No, there's no, like, local hand-drawn maps or anything nope, like that? No, it's more of like a, I ask Jacob, what village are you from? And then you tell me the three villages that are close to you. And then if you say you're close to Glimpse, I'm like, oh, do you know anybody from Glimpse that lives out here? Oh, and, and then, then you have to, like, and then they take wow. you. Yeah. Yeah. All word of mouth. All word of That's mouth. That's crazy. Wow. And so, yeah, I can look on Google Map, and it'll show me, like, horrors in there, but then this Like, and the that. general area. The general but... area. But I can't point out wow. my pinpoint where the village or the wow. town that I'm from. And so once I found Damn. that... I was relieved. I was like, okay, I have like actual facts. Like I'm not just daydreaming of like, oh, I come from somewhere. I have no idea. But like now mm. I know exactly where I'm from. I just have to physically find that spot. And that seemed a lot easier than actually searching for the documents. Cause I'm just like, okay, I know the place I could spend the next 10 years looking for this. I don't really care. I can spend the rest of my life looking for it as long as I have a point now. And I know it's an actual thing. Um, wow. And, the and you were afraid of it, not finding anything or like, so the thing I was afraid... No, I wasn't really afraid of it. I'm just... 
at this point, it was just like I was afraid of first not being able to find my papers. Like we've right. already searched through the place for like four days right. and didn't find anything. So I was like already beaten down, but I didn't give up. I kept searching and found it. And so I'm like, okay, now I have physically have found a place. Well, now I know I'll find it. I just don't know when. Mm. And so for the next week, I spent it That's with, um, I spent it with Abush and that man. He's a great man. He helped me out a lot of ways. Me and him, like, his personalities were a little bit different. He was just one that, like, you push a button and he just gives up. For me, you got to push, keep pushing it. I will not give up. So anytime we called someone mm. um, and we were asking them information, Absolutely. he would just say, like, oh, they didn't have anything. And so we, for another week now, we are calling people. We are going from, like, in uh, Addis Ababa is the capital. We went from town to, it's like different, like, um, how do I, it's, it's different, like, towns, but it's more of, like, gangs. So it's, like, different, like, regions, like, different tribes live in different regions. Yeah. And it's hard to just go to a different tribe and be like, hey, do you guys know where this is? And they look at you like, why do you need to know? Like, they're looking at, like, like why are you asking about our people? So we were. So that's, like, kind of, like, a whole it's so hard to put that in modern terms. Yeah, it's, it's it, like, it is a tribe. Yeah, yeah. It's, you can't say it's like, oh, it's like a whole different nation. Yeah. But in a way it is. It is, yeah. it's a different language, right? It's different languages, and most of the people we'd ask the stuff to, they're like, we don't know where Glimso is. We've never, like... Left <laughs> our village ever. Never, yeah, <laughs> and so and if they did, they left for the capital. We, or we, like, do they fight with each other at all? Yeah, so yeah. there's wars and stuff, and I can get to that, like, at the end of it about, yeah. like, wars and, like, the bigger, like, Ethiopian. Like, Ethiopia is a beautiful country. Like, for I... Sure. Yeah, and I told Tim about it, and you about it too, about yeah. the war and like the culture and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> history is insane. I can get to that at the end if you're yeah. down. Um, sure. But um, so I searched. Yeah, so we went to different in the capital. It's a big capital. We searched through all of them, trying to ask people where everything was from, and nobody can give us a direct answer where our my like, glimpse was from. So I so one time I'm having lunch with him and his wife, and his wife's like. Oh, huh. she starts just like she's like I've been thinking about it for the last week. She says I think I might have I think I might know somebody that might like know where Glimso is. Wow. I'm like, well, that's weird. You're, you're my translator's wife. We, what do you mean? Like we've searched like through the whole. It's crazy how, so far in the story, every every answer has been right there. <laughs> Literally. Right next to you. Yeah. That's crazy. That, so she exactly like even like the director like ends up that it's just like yeah like hey I'm talking to you like, yeah what? Whoa, <laughs> hey. you know like it's like a, it's like a it's like a video game where you play and it's like you end up doing something a good deed or you do end up doing something ends up that's the king yeah like, yeah, yeah. like that's You're like, like hey. oh yeah literally <laughs> that's the, guy. So the whole time it's just like my whole experience there has felt like that and so when we're I, we're having lunch with her and we're just thinking about it and she just starts singing she's like. You know, the more I think about it, she's like, I think I have relatives there. And she's like, and I think one of my cousins, she just got married to a man that knows somebody from that village or something. Because wow. I'm like, what? So this is the tale. She calls her sister, her cousin, that she grew up with when she was a kid. She calls her. Her cousin speaks English. You know how hard that is? Wow. Her cousin speaks English. Her cousin moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Like, Whoa. Like, so the cousin I, was in Atlanta. Uh, it's, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. So she moved. So her cousin moves to Atlanta like maybe like five years ago. Starts learning English, and then as has a boyfriend in Africa, ends up being a fiance, and that cousin happened to be in Ethiopia, in Addis Ababa, the same time I was there. Whoa. 
And the only reason she remembered is because she said, oh, yeah, this was with my cousin the other day. And she's like, I think she knows somebody that's from that region from her fiance who just who they just got married. So she calls her and she's like, hey, mm. you said you got ma- you got you said you got your-. she's like, I was at your wedding. But she's like, can I talk to your fiance like your husband now? She's like, yeah, passing the phone. And she asked them, hey, um, do you know anybody from Glimso? And he's like. No, he's like, but I think my mom might know somebody from that region area. And so then he calls his mom on this side. His mom says, oh, you know what? There's a guy that rents a house. Like, he, he, like one of the people that live in my house that he rents from her. She's like, he might know some people from Galemso. <laughs> that guy calls somebody. And he's like, hey, you, you guys know the Bogala family, right? You guys been searching for that family for a while? And she's like, yeah. She's like, and so then she's like, yeah, I know somebody who to call. Let me call Mimi. She calls Mimi. Oh my god, Mimi says, dude. "Oh my gosh, those are my like nieces and nephews. Like that's those are my nephews." What? And so then that first lady calls the cousin who speaks English. So then she starts translating for us, and it's literally like, it's like you just like I don't know, just something flipped in everybody's head, and they all knew each other. And so then it that's was just crazy. like a ripple effect Damn. all down Africa. It wasn't just like one specific area. It went from one village calling one calling somebody, calling somebody, calling somebody, to call somebody who happened to, like, be standing next to my aunt. And you she's like... a movie about this, Literally. Dude. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so then my auntie, she doesn't have a phone or anything like that. Like, she, even the phone that she was using to call, like, when she called, she's like, yeah, those she fucking yeeted that phone when she found out because she was just, like, so in shock. So that phone ended up breaking. So we... <laughs> <laughs> we had no phone and then it couldn't go. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Literally, it was just so wild. Like, it just happened so quickly that she just yeeted the phone and the phone shattered. That was the end of my journey and I went back to America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then... <laughs> So then, tragic end. <laughs> Sorry. So then on our journey to go actually find my aunt, we had to actually stop at all those people's houses. And in tradition in Ethiopia, that anybody that helps you in your journey, you have to give them a gift. Oh. So, so we, you was big balling, <laughs> so huh? We were, so we went... What kind so, of gift? Whatever they liked. So we. So this is how it works. Sexual so we, gifts? No, 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 no. <laughs> Does it count? No, I mean, I don't think so. No, I don't. Just a quick BJ. In Africa, they were very uh, uh, religious. Um, um, so I we, wish that was the case everywhere. We asked the person before. <laughs> we asked the person before what they like, and then we get them whatever they told us they like. Mm. So we end up going from Addis Ababa to Haror to Galimso, which was. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Say, well, say those places again. From Addis Ababa. Yeah. To Haror, to Galimso. Okay, those aren't real places. I'm just going to say that. Right <laughs> never heard of those fucking places in my life. There ain't a brook in the name. It's it, not real. You know, we do you the good God fucking gift given thing. Let you come on this white man's podcast. <laughs> and you're going to start throwing witch spells at us. I'm not white. I'm not white, oh, guys. But I'm only half white. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but for real. Yeah, uh, yeah. Say the places again. because uh, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of other names, but I'm going to just the three caps. Just the like, three, the three okay. main ones. Addis Ababa is the capital. Okay. Harar is like the, the region where we're from, and then Galimso is our specific like neighborhood. Okay. That's okay. like, if you were to go from United States, not if you're about to go from Maui to Lahaina, and then specifically to like the neighborhood where like yeah yeah like Lahaina Luna Road like yeah. it would be like that. Yeah. Um, so you can repeat them, right, Tim? Right? You can, yeah. You heard him, right? What Tim heard was Galimzo, Adidas, yeah, Adidas, Shaquille O'Neal, Howard Mandel, and Google. Samuel Jackson, Shakira, 
Adam Levine. I just thought yep, Tim exactly. was like, oh, I got exactly. it. I got, I got it. it. I got it as soon as I said it. I got it. Because <clears throat> um, you're racist. <laughs> uh, so the journey to get there, I couldn't use my passport or my ID to tell them because every couple of miles, every like couple of hours, you get stopped by the mar- like the military guys in Africa, and they're wearing full on. Oh yeah, Nixon, you look good. Um, you get stopped because they have guns, and so you have yeah. to be. And they're making sure there's no terrorists and stuff. Ethiopia's. We'll get to that later. Like Ethiopia's very like political wise, they have like their shit together, mm. and so they're making sure that nobody is like invading their country or like that. So they have. Yeah. guards stationed um and so we'd go through every little village or every town and we have to get off the bus they check our id so i was using my translator's id and i wouldn't like smile or anything like that they would see and they're like okay cool because if they found out i was american they're gonna take advantage of that they're gonna take my stuff they'll stop me they pretend like they're questioning me and then they'll just take advantage because wow. Wow. even though they're military they still have like or like ask for money or yeah something? like bribes, bribes and stuff to like keep us protected or I make them pay extra because i'm not from the country so i used his id yeah. to get through places just because it's just safer for me um and do and you so it, and the reasoning for that is just because they want the resources it's it's not like any malice towards other no, people so even though they're like even with any like society that's put together there's still bad people no matter how well right. put like things on are. every apple tree there's bad apples yeah, yeah. and so yeah. like even though we're being stopped by the military to ask us questions if they find out somebody's American, they might use it as, like, for their tribe or their, for their group. They'll use, like, that as, like, yeah. for a reason. So just to prevent all that, my translator just said, don't tell them your, your name. Just don't speak. I don't even speak the language. If I was to look at them funny or say something, they'll, I'm American, so they're going to think I'm American. I look like them. So that's the easiest way to bass, pie bass is just to dress like them and don't say anything. Mm. And so I got past them, and we got to horror and then from there, we hiked for hours to get to another wow. village. And then from there, we got a little, like, gondola kind of thing. It's just like a little, like, yeah, it's like a little mo- motorcycle, but, like, with two seats in the back. Um, so we sat in one of those. Okay. And they are, like, tuk-tuk. I don't know what they're called. Is that there. the, is the gondola tuk-tuk. where yeah. somebody, like, they have a, is it, like, a, a beast that runs it? Or is it, like, the thing? So, the, so we used one that was a beat, like, a horse that was pulling, okay. like, a little like thing. Okay, like, stock animals? Then, uh, like, shikra, sh- sh- like, oh. it's like a little, like, Don't look at me, shikra, I don't know, I don't know the name. Um, <laughs> I'm it, glad I'm black enough for him to ask me. <laughs> no, so it's like the a little shikra, motorcycle. The, the it's chakra. Like a, yeah, it's the like shik- a, they have a rickshaw. The rickshaw. Rickshaw. It's rickshaw. the guy. The guys wow. do it. Yeah, but was there people had, actually they, doing it? No, they had a horse. So then there's one. So we didn't ride any of the ones with the person. But you I didn't ride any guys. Any we didn't ride no guys at all. Okay. Uh-huh. But they had ones with like little motors in them. And oh, so, hey, that's that's pretty modern for over there, right? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's pretty modern. So they okay. you would use that if they so depending on the region or like the stop you stop at. But there were guys with like yeah. doing that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so you see guys with them. It depends on what their level what of village and what everything. village and stuff. So if they're richer, they're gonna have the motors. If they're not, they'll have a horse or just a straight up guy it's pulling it. Wow. If you don't have That's a guy story. pulling it, then you got donkey pulling things. Um, what'd you say, Tim? No, I was just telling him like, <coughs> we've been wanting you on this podcast for so long because your story is amazing. It really is, and it's touching. It's emotional. It's fucking amazing. No, I'm not trying to suck his dick. I like I suck my own. Um, so then yeah brother so then i just i went sean i was like fucking wild amazing he was like yeah 
I was like, dude, I wish I was black. <laughs> but, Me too. Yeah, I, I retract that on uh, air. We can talk about that uh, okay. in the movie Get Out oh, later. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you can become. Um, I self-identify. Oh, my God. All right, all right. Keep going, Marcus. Okay, yeah, three, two, one. Back to, yep. So to we did that whole journey, and I show up to the front door of my village, and I look at the village, and it's just like memory lane. Like everything no I way. look at is just like, just even exactly though I was seven. You remembered it? Yeah. Wow. Things, just like a movie, you're just like standing there, like in in the set. No, like, like literally. No, like wow. literally. Like it's like I don't know. Like it's Are you just, crying while this is happening? I don't really. I don't cry. you dare bullshit us. No, I cried one time because I don't. Oh. I think I got. I mean, I cried, but it's you not. Got water like, in your eye or something. Yeah. No, I'm not, I wish I could cry more. It's not because I'm a manly man or anything like that. Oh, you're manly. No, 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 no. It's, no, it's because I think I'll get to what happened to me in my past. Like anything after yeah. that, emotional wise, is just like. Eh. So, Marcus, for for our listeners in the viewership, remind us in what age did you leave Ethiopia? So I will get to that. When I'm telling you, because then I'll I'll tell you the perspective from mine, and then I'll tell you the perspective from my village people once I meet my tribe. Okay, Roger that. Go, keep going. I apologize for it. Oh no, no, you're good, bro. You're good. Good question. Oh, just a little closer. Roger. Yes, I shoots, brother. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I show up to my village, and I'm looking down the road, that same street, and like yeah, we walked through the other parts of the village and stuff, and some of them I remember. But in our village, I'll eat, I'll pull up a picture for you guys. Um, you can put it, oh, because I think it's just easier to explain when you see it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, where is this guy at? <laughs> okay. So when you stand at this, at my village, turn like, your brightness up, please. Oh, Be considerate. Oh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> it, 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 it was actually at the lowest. I can't see your. I can't see you. I can't so see your phone. This is zoomed in. This is zoomed in. But imagine if this is like along, like you know, you see a dead end out of, of that's that's the dead end, and that's our house at the end of the driveway. Wow! And Did so you pass it around for the yeah, for the absolutely. um for the oh I can for show the, it no 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 yeah, yeah. What you, I'll you do can is I'll edit it in later. Can oh, you send me this picture? Yeah, like, in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so what I'll do guys is I'll, I'll I'll um actually put this in on the video for the people like who are watching our YouTube. Good. I'll just go ahead fade it fade it in. All right, sound good? Cool. We have there you go. Um, yeah. So that. So even when my brother and I were a kid, that's the that's the way we remember our village. And they built up a little more structure since then. I mean, since I was since I was a kid, they didn't have those walls or anything like that. Everything was open. Um, but I just remember being a kid and just looking down that driveway and just seeing everything. And so when I was 26 last year, yeah, looking down that same driveway, I saw the walls were built up, but it was still the same like the same dirt road, the mm. same, like, I knew our house wow. was right at the end and that's, of that. like, exactly what it looked like back from when you were a kid. No, no, no. Oh. They, they just built those walls. Oh, they built those walls. So okay. imagine without those walls. So, like, yeah. even standing there, it was just, like, I remember from my childhood what everything looked like. So standing there and looking, I remembered everything, but I just... still familiar enough. It's still familiar enough. The nostalgia. Like, exactly. Like, you were standing wow. in the same place, literally... I would, but when, when in, I was a, in your memory, you were standing. Yeah. So you that, were standing in the past. Is that kid on the right? No, but that could have been. <laughs> Dude, that's no. crazy. So that, that's our house right there. That's a little alleyway between that our right, house. The, the kid's name is it Matumbo. Wow. Right so the thing I'm zooming in right here, that's on the screen, from that door to that end was our like hut area, and so like they built it up more. Before it just used to be just a big old tree that was there instead of like everything. Now else. did you so going was going there like unlocking these memories or did you 
already have these memories that you thought about regularly or you dreamed you dreamt about them yep so it's memories that i dreamt about and that i knew were real and my brother and i would always talk to compare Mm. um but we never like it's one of those things that just felt like a dream like it didn't feel real until i was actually standing there and was just like have you played a game where you just like you you know the things so well like if you're playing grand theft auto or call of duty you know the field so well you understand like oh if i go up the staircase here i can go like i know where i can poach someone or like you just Mm. know things that you just shouldn't yeah right because you played the game so much yeah and that's what it felt like when i was here was just like i just felt like i knew the space yeah and it was just like something i always imagined about um and so when we showed up we met our aunt and i literally bawled when i saw her like i just I saw her face and I remembered her and it was just somebody I thought I was just like, it was just a faint dream. I don't remember too much about her. I just remember her face. And as soon as I saw her, I cried. I saw our childhood best friend that we grew up with. Like, you know, like you grew up in a village yeah, like, together. Yeah. So it's like the people that you grew up with is the people that you're, that's your tribe. That's your people that you're going to grow up with. You're going to become warriors together. You're going to go do this together. And that's what I thought it was going to be always. And so mm. seeing him was just like, I remember you just look older and then having my parents, friends and stuff come out of the houses and seeing them was just like unlocking other memories. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, so that was the one time you cried when you saw your aunt. Yeah. I legit and why do you think that all, do, did I, she have a really deep emotional connection with you? Did she help raise you or yeah, was it something? Yep, yeah. So she did help raise us. Um, and she, she was the looked, one that made sure y'all Closest safe, to your mom. Yep, yeah, Closest she looked mom. like my mom. Like, I'll show you a picture oh, afterwards, wow. too. She looked like my mom. So even when I was with my uncle, I almost cried for that. Like, I just teared up, but I didn't, like, cry, but because it was just, like, <laughs> he looked like exactly like my dad. dad like yeah. So, like, even my brother and I, we look, I don't know, maybe it's, like, the African blood is thicker and stronger, but you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I think. Bigger, it, longer. <laughs> No, uh, I think just because our, our resemblance looks so much alike. Like, you know, there's some families that don't look alike, but then there's some siblings that look exactly alike. Yeah. And my mom and her sister looked exactly alike. My dad and his brother looks, wow. looked exactly alike. Um, and so seeing them, like, I just bawled. So wow. when we showed up, my aunt was there. My cousins were there. My fan, like, brother, like, my, all of our village people were there. Um, I'll send you guys a picture afterwards, too. Yeah. Um, where they're all just together hanging out and they're telling me stories of our past. Let me show you. So this is that group when we were kids. And then I'll show you another one. Which one is, uh, can you point them out to me? So, yep. So this lady, so that's my mom. The one in the back. Yep. That's in the floral pattern. Yep. And that's our, uh, one of our, like our childhood best friend's dad. Mm-hmm. This lady right here, one of my mom's friends when she was younger, and all these people, and all these little kids, all these little ones, this little guy right here, and this little girl right here. Hold up. All in this picture right here. Oh, my goodness. That lady right there is the other lady that's in that We're picture. We're going to put this on the on the thing, too, guys. Remember the lady? I sh- so that little girl yeah. that I was standing next to, that this the same one in this picture, bad. you see? Oh, my goodness. Is the same one in over here. Same with, like, the that little boy right there. This lady right here, you see that face? Yeah. Is the, the same, same one from here. Wow. Here, uh, so it's this picture right here, and then the one right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you, showed me, you showed me those before. Yeah, That's it's the same crazy. people that are in the same, like, so it was just wild for them. Yeah. And I look like my dad, so when I even when I showed up to the village, they all looked at me, and they're like, well, God, did Missy, is that you? And I'm just like, 
No, that's not. That's that's not me. But I'm his son, Magursa Bogala Demitsay. Um, so it was just eye-opening, just being there and just seeing the whole village. Um, and then they started telling me stories of my past because I wanted to know whose personality I have and all. Yeah. Um, so if you're ready for that, I can tell you. Please. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, back Is there, So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So those are my people that those aren't my. Re- they were just people that grew up in my village, um, that I grew up with, that knew my parents when because they all grew up together. They're best friends. They're neighbors. You know, when your parent passes, you live in their house, and then your neighbors or you're still your neighbors. So when we grow older, we die. Our kids are neighbors, and they yeah. grow up together. So it's just like a generational thing. Yeah. And so they all knew. At least my mom, because my mom grew up in that village. She knew everybody in the community. Um, Oh, sorry. And you were, sure you were telling me how your dad was one of the first people to get electricity yep. in, the tr- so in, I, in the area, and then mm-hmm. they were t- calling afterwards the electric bill, your dad's <laughs> name. They were just calling electricity his name. Yeah. Yeah, so That's the so cool. village didn't have any electricity um, before my dad got there. So before, so I'll, now I can tell you the full story of, like, my whole past. Um, Please, yeah. Yeah, so my mom was grew up in Galimso. That's her town. They were still part of the Oromo region. So the Oromo, so there's three different, reli- like, different, like, tribes. And within those, they have, like, those subgroups and stuff. But the three main ones, I just know the Oromo one because they're all warriors and they love having a good time. They're just a bunch of warriors that live there. Um, and my mom grew up in that village, but she was more of, like, one of, like, the smaller subs, and that's where Galimso is. Very, very hard to get into unless you're a Romo. And she grew up there all of her life. When she was 14, my her so my grandpa passed away, and then some of her other siblings started passing away, and she had five siblings. So ended up just being her, who's the oldest, and then my mom, and then they had an older sister, actually. Um, so it ended up just being them three alive with my grandma. And my mom was just like a little girl who would hustle, and like she'd like... Then to make money, you like you know you pick mangoes, you pick fruits, you make something out of it, you sell it. And my mom used to be used to make tea, so it was called buna, as in coffee, and then chai as in tea. So she used to sell from the marketplace those kind of things. Wow. Um, and then her being the middle sister, but like she was also the smarter sister out of all of them. She like got her sisters to work for her, and she got her best friends to work for her. So she had like this whole business. And they sold chats, the drug. And so my mom's side of the family had, like, one of the biggest farms of chats. Could chat. you uh, explain to the listeners what chat is? Absolutely. Chat. Brought to you by chat. Brought chat to you by is chat. My brother Sobs. And my brother Sobs. <laughs> uh, no, um, chat is a drug. It is a... It's like... Beetle It's like a chewing tobacco. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, yes, sir. It's like chewing tobacco. Oh, you never bring me any, Marcus. What? How many, I, I never meant those mean words I said. Oh, right? oh now you're taking it <laughs> back. You never, bring, you never oh. bring me any, bro. Oh, sorry, bro. So it's like chewing tobacco mixed, like, it has the same feelings as weed, but it's not the same. It's like, it's like this green plant that they chew, and they take, like, they suck the juice out of it, and they split the plant out, or some people can swallow the plant because it gets you a high... But it's a it's a drug that they take like and kratom. It's no, no, this is a lot worse. Oh, it's a lot worse. Yeah, because it's like eventually you'll start like changing your teeth, and it makes you like if you take too much of it, like you become addicted, and you just start like spazzing out, out, tweaking out. Oh, it's and like you start, it's like healthy crack. Yeah, it's actually like a healthy crack. So it's like wow, it's a- <laughs> let's go. I didn't it, take is it. Is it nicotine the active chemical? Is no, it? it's no. chat. It's not nicotine. It's like a whole nother like. 
type of a type of chemical. a drug that they use. Um, Let's see the. I just know when they took it, they felt very loose, oh, like up? loose, like as if like they were on like mushrooms or something. It? Mm. it was like a mixture C-H-A-T of drugs, but it didn't have like any of like the bad side effects. It's just mm. you, it's like this plant you take, and it gives you this amazing high, and the only way to maintain is to take it. How do I spell that? I don't know. Oh, oh, I found it. Chat after. Yeah, uh, fresh. C. It's K H A T. Cathione. What's the description? Uh, uh, let's see. Let's see. Just a random alkaloid, probably. What it? Cat. Drug. Let's see here. He looks it up and just says, "Do not ingest. Will die." <laughs> it's it's. I just know everybody that took it and. They just, people will only take it in the afternoon because in the morning they do all their hard work, so going to another village, getting the water and stuff. And then when they come back, they don't, they just do chat. And for the rest of the day, they just go into their mind. And it's just like you go to this sunken place. Oh, it's like a mushroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, that being said, even whatever, like, the actual properties of it is, it does sound very much so the way beetle nut is. You know what I mean? Beetle nuts more like nicotine, though. Yeah, but it's just like the way he's saying it's like something you yeah. chew and it's got other things in. Like, yeah, so it the just thing, sounds like beetle, I'm but to get it's it not. To here. It, um, yeah, I guess like a mushroom feeling because I okay. guess I've, that's when I looked at them, it looked like they were on mushrooms. How it feels? Yeah. yeah, it's a stimulant, and chewing it can make people more alert and talkative, produce feelings of elation, suppress the appetite, lead to periods of insomnia, produce a feeling of calm if it's chewed over a few hours. With that some does sound describing like it yeah. as being blissed or caffeine, out. honestly. The risks. Um, we don't need to read the risks. You... We're not. We're not pussies here. Oh. Oh, hey, man, brought up. <laughs> Whoa. Risks. Uh, makes your it dick it bigger. can cause periods of increased <laughs> libido. Well, I guess I'll take it. So, so increased libido. I guess I'll have a good time. Care may be needed to minimize the risk of unsafe sex and unwanted pregnancies. Oh. So this this stuff can get you pregnant fast. That stuff can? Yeah. That's dangerous. Right, you like bring us some over. <laughs> it can inflame the mouth and damage the teeth. It can also reduce pregnant? appetite, cause constipation. There's think, concern about a longer... I think you gotta change a few other oh, things before cancer. you can get yourself the... Mental health, the health risk. Oh, it gives you aggression. Yeah, this is like crap. Yeah. Uh, crap. No, so yeah. like, it, if awesome. you don't take that much of it, it's great. But then when people take it for too long, so they start like in the afternoon, like I said, like they do all like their chores, their community work and stuff. And then noon hits or two o'clock hits, they start taking it. It's They're chat out time, for the man. rest Class of the day, C literally. Chat GPT, the clock. And it's so sunny. That's there's nuts. nothing to do in the afternoon, so they just sit is in it, the shade. But you didn't try it while you were there. No, I didn't, because I knew the was feelings like and like fentanyl, shit like that. And I know myself around drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the, it's literally in the same class as ketamine, meth, hydroxy, st- anabolic steroids. Glad I didn't take it. Wow, yeah, that's great. And we are all doctors. Yeah, um, <laughs> we all have no, chemical but, engineering degrees. Yeah, we so, can test this out for and, science. Uh, Absolutely. Our pimp in the corner, Kava Master, and uh, audio technician Nixon is our go-to for so they information a, on this kind uh, of stuff. Chat, chat farm, so. yeah. So you got your whole family. Just my mom's side of the family. Just, just chat. Pimping just drugs pimping. out. And when I say that's like opium. I, that's see. like opium feels. That's badass. Yeah, that's pretty gangster. Yeah. When I say fields, I literally mean fields. We're gonna, we're not gonna put this one on. Wait, the, what do you mean your mom's side of the family? My mom's side of the family. Just like not, not your dad. Just your no, mom. no, my, yeah, because that, that he has a different backstory. Like 
But it's like a whole like field, like rolling hills. Like that's wow. how big it is. From here to as far as the eye can see, I'm not lying to you. Like my mom's side of the family, like they own just a bunch of land and wow. they just have a chokeload of people farming this chat stuff because they pack it up, sell it to the like Addis Ababa, like the capital or other places and Galimso is the capital And of it's it. legal there. And it's legal. I told them about weed. They were like, we don't do weed. Weed, we don't like. They don't like, like weed. weed. They're like, weed is too weed, far, right? Literally, no. We like healthy meth. All right, back up. <laughs> just like, so they would like <laughs> hundreds of them, and it was wow. easy to hire people to do it because it's like you can Everybody do chat and you can pick, and then you like you, you're on your supply and you sell. So that's what my mom's mm. side of the family did. And while we were there, we did actually visit my mom's side of the family's like actual like chat farm. And I'm telling y'all, it is just rolling hills. Like if you're trying to roll, that is the place to go. Uh, yeah, high rolling hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they bundle it up in rolls. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That's all right. So yeah, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. So then you're introduced to chat, and then what that's else? What crazy. else is going on? Yeah, absolutely. So that's going on. Um, so I meet my so my mom's side of the family. I start meeting. I found out like she has another sister, um, that lives in Uganda, and then my aunt who is Mimi, and they start telling us stories about like what happened to us, and it's kind of like what I remember too. So the real story of us is. So that's how my, my mom saw the family. And my dad lived in another village. And he, at like a young age, started seeing, was an entrepreneur. He wanted to start his own businesses. And he saw his community. He just became kind of like self-aware. And he's just like, huh, why are we doing things this way? Let's fix it. Like, so my, mom, my dad's mm. side of the family, his dad owned a big farm. But he didn't know what to do with it. They just had this big land and they didn't do anything with it. So my dad was born. He's like, why don't we start planting trees? And like when the trees grow and then we can sell them to like a small trees to other villages or they're like the capital and stuff. And then they started growing trees. And by the time my dad was like in his 20s, these trees were starting to blossom. And he started selling them um, to different areas. And it's just all types of trees. I don't know what kind of like just so many, so many trees. So from that much money that he was getting, he he asked his dad, like, hey, help make money for the family. Can I go to the capital to go get education and to just learn? And it's like, what do you mean you want to go get education? We don't do that here. Like, we, we, they we don't just, do that in America either. All you need is the soil. Yeah, he's like, yeah, literally, he's like, we just live in this village. We die in this village. That's literally it. Wow. And so my dad's like, well, I'm, I know we have cousins in the capital area, so I'm going to go over there. And his dad's like, here's a portion of some money go do it and my dad ran with it he went there got education ended up being the director of transportation for east africa where horror is in glimso and so any buses that would go through in and out of like any of those small villages they need to have one his stamp of approval wow. like when i was talking about like all the marshals and judge like all the um guards from the military were like stationed every couple of miles to let people go through they're looking on the bus driver to make sure he has like the right approval stamps he has all the right decals and stuff it's just like getting your dmd and all that kind yeah. of stuff and they're but, looking for at that time your father's stamp yeah wow so wow. like he's what you needed first in order to go through there and then from there you need him from like the smaller regions and stuff but if they have his, they have their stamp of approval to get it from all the other ones. So all the little ones won't give it to you unless they have his stamp of approval for the buses and for any new routes they were adding or anything like that. Um, so my dad moved around in his early 20s to doing that. And then when he became 30, he moved to Galimso and he started living there. And he kind of made that like the capital of where, he, like his little like domain for his office. Um, and so he started bus stamping people and then my mom was 15 at that time and he hired her 
in the Ethiopian culture, it's okay to marry somebody younger because they still live in a past different. How um, younger? Like I said, my dad was 30 something and my mom was six, 14, 15 yes. when they met. Um, Bravo so, Amen, Omen, baby. <laughs> so my dad hired my mom to Good. be his coffee girl he did because, it because we can't. She <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's out there making moves to the rest of men. But before the rest of humanity. So before you tell that, yeah. I don't remember if you had already mentioned this, but what is the year in Ethiopia? Right now? Like when you were there, what I think is it's the twenty twenty four there? No. It just became 2016. No, I was like, because he said oh, right now. Oh, oh, right now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So when I was in Ethiopia, they lived in a. Sorry. So they have a 13 month calendar. Okay. And so that ends up adding up to being a whole year behind. And then, oh, wow. Like 12 years later, that ends up being a whole year behind. So it just became 2016. Yeah, 2016 Ethiopia. Okay. So when I was there, it was like the 80s, man. <laughs> yeah. So you not only oh, met shit. your family. You time traveled. I time traveled like six Wait, years for back. Real? Holy no, yeah, for real. Yeah, it's, it's a thirteen-month calendar. My mind. So, so that's yeah, like they actually. At, at dude, the they haven't dates. gotten COVID yet, bro. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah dude. Biden so isn't president yet. <laughs> it's I, I'll just. Like, <laughs> Biden isn't president yet. Everything's okay. Yeah. There's still like the Mayan calendar is about to end. No, no, for real. <laughs> so the thing about Ethiopia is it's never been colonized. It's one of the two countries in the world that has never been colonized or oppressed yeah. by another country like i've told tim and jacob the italians have tried to attack ethiopia twice with guns the italians the italians the roman empire sorry the first one was was the roman empires oh, okay. tried to attack and these little short men skinny little dudes from africa stopped them with pitchforks like <laughs> but dude the italians second are, time <laughs> the second roman emperor is i mean roman empire is kind of fucking pasta and, so, <laughs> and the second time the Italians came, they came with guns because the guns were invented by this time. Mm. So they came with guns to attack. They, they came with guns <laughs> to attack. Um, Hold hands. Help. <laughs> Start, him. Give him a little jerk off while you're in there. Uh, they came with guns to a attack. A little bathroom break for the boys. Oh, yes, we'll be back. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. They'll be back. No, 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 they okay, don't no. matter. Um, so they attack. The Italians tried to attack the second time with the guns, and the little dudes from Africa still stopped them with pitchforks wild, and like dude. little machetes. So That's that tells you about ass. the Ethiopian culture. They're yeah. not like, yeah. So we can come back to that later. Do you think that's part of like how you're so driven? Because your personality, like you were saying, you're so driven, or is that unique to you? You think? Because you said you're no, br- I, other people you've met, I haven't been so stubbornly driven like you are. I think when you learn about certain things, it kind of affirms some feelings you have, and so then you just kind of run with those feelings. Mm. And I think some of that drivenness has to do with, like, my... So, like, one of the things that I went to go to Ethiopia was to figure out why I have the personality I have. Really? And I figured out it's based well, the, on... The peaceful, it was, talkative, emotional, like, yeah, that kind of... Yeah, and, like, the driven stuff, too, because there's moments where I'm, like... I'll fight for people if I believe that they're doing is right and I'll speak up for them. I'm not one that'll just like, yeah. if I like, you know, there's some people that if you say something bad to Jacob, there's some people that will just watch and they won't say anything. As soon yeah. as you even say something bad, I will stand up for Jacob. Like not like in an aggressive way with my brother would, I would do it in a peaceful way. Wow. And so I think that just comes from like what the stuff I want to just learn. Like who is that trait from? Is that like my mom who raised me? Is that from my family? Is that the village? Or is mm. that like, where what part of like society has impacted me to become who I am now? Wow. Um, 
yeah, so I'll go back to my dad's story. We can come back to the Italians and um, the history of Ethiopia because it's it's an awesome history. Um, yeah, so my dad is like the transportation guy, and he hires my mom to be his coffee girl. So that's just you know like he run the bus stations. So he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I'm going to make this my office. I need somebody so he has business meetings and stuff. Somebody to sell coffee and, you know, be pleasing with everyone. He saw her on the street and he's like, that girl over there, she's beautiful. And I see her hustling more than all the other, like, girls her age. So he hires her. And then she starts doing something funny. She starts making sandwiches for people. And in Africa, you don't make sandwiches. Like, that's not something you learn. Like, what is a sandwich? Like... They eat with their hands. And so she started mm. taking bread and putting meat inside of it. She started doing just like, I don't know. It's wow. Sh- unheard I don't know. Of. Unheard of. Did. Sorry. I don't even. I, like, I would have fallen in love, mistake dude. For, that's crazy. That's. So it's like, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like when the first iPhone was invented, something like that, where yeah. it's just like, he's like, I hired this girl to sell coffee. And now she's, he, she's asked me if she can start selling sandwiches. And my dad's very, like, business-driven, and, like, he's always thinking about, like, how to advance and become, like... Yeah. It's something I learned about him when I was there. And he saw, like, he saw that trait in her, and he's just like, oh, I love that. Go ahead, sell sandwiches. And when she started, like, doing little things like that, he started falling in love with her, because that's, like, you know, different personalities, right? Like, so, like, dang, she wow. was so she, old for her age. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's like, yeah, so she's 14, 15 at this time, and he's, like, 30-something, and he just falls in love with her. And he, so he goes to her mom and asks if he can marry her. And she says, well, she's already promised to someone else. And he's like, wow. that someone else is not me. He's like, and I'm going <laughs> to fix that real quick. My dad's driven. If he wants something, he's going to make it happen. He came from a village with just land and he fucking grew trees with patience. So he grew trees, sold them. So he started making money from that. So he's like very driven. Wow. So he's like, I'm going to marry that girl even though she's promised to somebody else, I don't really care. So he set up this whole elaborate thing. Like, for now, by now, she's probably worked for him with him maybe, like, six months to almost a year. And so they've grown each other, and he know, she knows that he likes her. He's, like, he straight up told her, but she's very shy and young, so she's not telling him, like, how she feels. But he could tell she could have just quit and left. So he's like, I'm going to marry that girl somehow, one way or another. So he, com- he bought a cow for her mom. And she's at this time, she's like, you know, you're not going to marry my daughter. Why are you buying me a cow? You buy those kind of things when you're, like, getting ready to marry somebody. He's like, I know. I'm not going to marry your daughter. I'm just buying you a cow. Gives her a cow. He tells all of her friends, like my mom's little girlfriends and her little sister, he said, hey, I'm going to give you guys this much money. And they're like, oh, okay, what are we going to do? He's like, take Bizwayu, that's her name, um, and take her. Go get her hair done. Go do whatever girls do. Go buy her the fanciest dress she can buy. This and that. And so they go do that. My dad gets with his guy friends and he tells them, "Hey, I'm gonna need the space. Like he he or like rented the space. No, I don't know if they rented the space, but he just had this whole labyrinth plan. And he already owned a house from the so like that little neighborhood that my mom lived in. He owned one, like the end of the street, and that's where the government people lived. And he works for the government, so that's the government people's house. So he owned that house already. So he had the whole street like ready for an event. And so she shows up with her friends, and they're all dialed up because she's the only one that's dialed up. And people are yelling like, "Oh, there's a wedding going on!" Nobody knew there was who's getting married. Nothing. So my mom and her friends are like, "Oh, there's a wedding going on!" So they're celebrating. This is my auntie telling me. She's like, "I remember being ten years old." And seeing your mom looking so beautiful, she's telling me, like, so my mom looks so beautiful. She's like, and we're all singing, there's a wedding going on. And she's like, well, who's getting married? So they're all looking around, looking <laughs> around. 
and there's my dad at the end with a pastor and all of his friends behind, and they're just walking up. And my mom, she told me, she's like, she remembers seeing my mom, and she's like, wait, who's he gonna marry? And literally, he like, like one of his friends like pulls her on stage, <laughs> and he not, oh, shit, <laughs> and dude. straight up marries her right there and then. Her mom was there. She didn't know who was getting married. The whole village came out because they heard there's a wedding. They're all celebrating. And he told the mom and her, her friends, like, oh, we'll start, kill this cow. Start preparing it for a feast. They're like, okay, we don't know what your plan is, but okay. So they start preparing it. So there's a feast about to happen. Dude, this guy's a pimp, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so she rolls up, and she's promised to someone else. That someone else is there. He has no idea what's going on. He just knows there's a wedding. Before anybody knows oh even what's going God. on, he said, I do. She said, I do. And they were married. Wow. <laughs> shit, like, And everybody still trying to figure out what's going on. Where's the wedding? And it's happening right there and then. And afterwards, they have the feast. And my mom, my grandma was pissed. The dude was pissed. But they couldn't do anything because under God's eye, they're legally married now. And so there's nothing they can do. They're just wow. like... Okay. Well played. They're like, well played. You <laughs> because it's very it. religious. So it's like wow. anything that happens for God, they can't deny it. So and they both said, I do, I do. And my, without my mom, I think she was just so energized with like the feelings that was going on. She's like, I don't know. There's a wedding going on, but sure, I do. I'll marry you. And next thing you know, the right. pastor's right there. You say, yep, she said she, right. Right. Okay, said she no. was 14. She was 14. Yeah, and so that's wow. like, imagine, be like, that's just like, that's... I don't know what's happening, but. Yeah, like that's yeah, and she, oh, like she, so that's in crazy. Africa it's a different culture, so you can For marry sure, someone, yeah. but I knew she liked him because she wouldn't have like worked yeah. with him, like yeah. if somebody was like an Made older sandwiches lady, yeah. for him, dude. <laughs> what the, dude, go dude, start once you young, about the huh? sandwiches, that's exactly it's, yeah. You mentioned sandwiches, there's I was like, something I, he knows. There's she, something that is he's like, between huh. cultures, and that's the wife making the, the sandwiches. Oh, sandwich absolutely, making, that's what it is, exactly. So they get married, and they end up having a beautiful life. He has a beautiful house. Wow. And that's when he gets the internet for, like, not internet. Um, yeah, he starts getting, yeah, internet for the village. And it was under his, my dad's well, name. he got Ghana. internet. And so, so, sorry, not internet. Phone line. Like, oh, phone he, line. he got, like, no, what is, Yeah, so he got, not a phone line. The electricity, that's the word. He got electricity. No, no phone, no, no phone, internet. No, yeah, sorry. I was none like, you that. guys are playing Angry Birds? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was none of that in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all the way out there playing Angry Birds and shit? What the fuck? That's crazy. So, so he brought light to the village. He like, brought light to the village. Wow. Because he worked... Did he then become the god of the village? Like, no, he, he, he lived at the end he of the have. street of the village, so that's pretty much like... He could have like He could have been like, I'll take away the light. No, so no, Sorry, I'm just no, saying, no, no, no. like no, Bill and so you know. went to his to our house. Did he turn the lights off to to the, your mom's uh, promised boyfriend? Did he just turn the lights <laughs> off to that guy's house. He's like, no, 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 no. stop it at that house right there. <laughs> he doesn't get he shit. He has all the switches. Um, and then he got fridge. Whoa. He got a radio. Wow. He got a TV, not colored. Sorry, yeah, yeah, not a color TV, just just a black and white TV, and we don't get that in the Africa. So like, cause he would go to the yeah, capital to do work and stuff, but it's like twenty something here, like it's nineteen nineties, like nineteen, yeah, nineteen nineties here. So we have all that stuff here in America. So they send like little things to Africa, but my dad worked for the government, so he can get like those government things, and that's like 
So when he'd go back to the wow. village, he would bring all those things with him, and then he'd leave it at the house, and my mom had a radio. So every Tuesday night, they would have a big old party on the street, a big old party at my house, and they would be playing music, people would be watching TV, chewing chat, and that was the day of like everybody oh coming together gosh. in the community and hang out every single the Tuesday. OG Cobble Whoa. Bar. That might, like, yeah, chat. literally. It's like just literally. Chat. That sounds like fun. That's it, crazy. Dude, and they tell me, they show me pictures, and this time, like my dad's 30 something, and all of his friends, and all of her friends, and they're all like in their, like, you know, it's just like the community, like, you know the movie, like the peak of like the movie where like, or at the end of it where everybody comes together. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. Like the it's whole the street corner symphony. This, exactly. Wow. Like everybody would come together every single yeah. like every single Tuesday, and my dad would travel, but he would make sure to come back every single Tuesday, and they would have this big old event. And my mom was the same age as like the like most of the people there because she grew most up there. Most of the there. kids in the most in the, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's getting older, she starts like giving money to like the younger guys and just like she's like, okay, go buy. She understood. She's like the cool lady. She's like married to this rich money bags and like she's just like the cool like like trophy wife lady. So she's like giving money to the community, like wow. you know, like helping the community out. She noticed like the kids like now she's like twenty something. The kids that were in college or like then or university was like age sixteen ish. The kids that were going to school, they'll like do drugs and stuff, and like, so they'll come walk past her house, and she knows they're poor. She's like, "Here's money, go buy milk," and so they go buy milk for her, and she like takes half of it. And she's like, "You keep the milk because when you're doing chat, you need milk or you need stuff like that to like give you like the stimulation back." And she knew they're young kids, so it's gonna damage their brain. So she give them money wow. and give them errands to do for her. But then she tell them to keep half or like, "Oh, go buy me a bag of something." Oh, you keep, keep half them on of your the straight family. And narrow kind of exactly. Yeah, like she well, knew they were wow. gonna do the bad stuff because she was their age, and so she's like. But I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to go do the dumb stuff with you guys. So you guys just go do that. And so we became really, really close with our neighborhood. And so after they were married, they had my older brother, then they had me and then our, our little brother, Bracana. Um, and all three of us were pretty close. My younger brother, and my older brother were like both same personality. Like we all looked the same, but personality wise, they were the same. They're both mean to kids. My little brother was a lot sweeter because he was my little brother, but him and like them two would just be the terrorists of like the village and whenever my brother would get into trouble he would call this older guy named Chombe who was like, Chombe like, sounds like on ham dude bro no so he was like the second oldest brother of like this neighborhood and it's like just like just imagine just kids you don't want to fuck with Dumb. and they lived the next house to us so my dad owned the big house their dad was like the educational guy like he would but then has their dad ended up leaving and so my mom and their mom became really really close friends my mom looked up to her mom to his mom because she's a lot older she's one of the yeah. late yeah so so they end up being like really family close friends with us and we got really close to them I didn't really hang out with him that much because I was just like a little kid with my like I just want to hang out with my dad whenever he was home. Apparently, I would sit at home and wait for my dad to come home. Wow. My dad, I he know the bus that routes that he comes on. It's from the big city, and apparently, when I hear the bus, I run to go wait for him every wow. single time. And when he would leave home, I would just be at home waiting. My brother would go make trouble with Chombe. Chombe used to run, make Micah, Micah his like little bitch and stuff. So Chombe used to give, because Micah would hang out with the older kids. The older kids would start talking about, like they were like 16 and stuff. So he'd start talking about sex. Micah was like six at the time. He's like, what? And he's like, what, what is that? And he's like, can I do it? And they're like, so they, this is a story that they told me when they were there. He's like, one of those little girls that we have a picture, like I showed you, he had sex with her when he was six. 
and she was six. What the? Dude, I'm going to jail. I just heard that. He was sick. Holy shit. Accessory. I just. Dude, that's crazy. Wait. Oh, we're, oh, we're seeing the picture. Marcus, this girl so right here. <laughs> when, oh. your when, when your dad would bring in, like, a refrigerator, like a radio, was it everyone's first time experiencing that yeah. technology? So, oh, yeah. Well, did they tell you, like, what that was like? like they did. Was it, like, like earth-shattering so to it was, them? Like, seeing all those... No, literally, because now I'm seeing the, all these people, and they're just, like, look... Like, apparently, since our family was, like, connected with my dad, my dad used to bring us suits... We'd be the only kids in the village that have like a full clothes. We'd have shoes. We have like everything. All the other kids would just be like slippers that were like broken, ratted up clothes. Like that's it. We would have fancy clothes. They said they loved coming to our house because we had couches. So growing up, you were always white. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. And all the pictures and stuff that we have when we were kids and stuff that they like pictures that they were showing us. Is from let me let me see if I can find. Do some. you have like any like old pictures of like like? Oh, that's sick. So that's us. My dad had the only camera in the village, so he would take pictures wow. whenever we had events and stuff. Wow. People wanted to come over because they would have pictures, and so they all have pictures of their houses now because of these. Wow. And so they had so that's did, us at our first birthday. Did you did know? You did you ever hear what your dad wanted? Like what he said he wanted for his crying? kids? Yeah. What? No, so your dad was like a progressive man. So I assume he had like so, a very clear vision for his kids. So what? What do you know what that vision yeah. was? Yeah. So his vision, um, from talking to my family, I found out even after he passed, they wanted us to. He wanted us to go get better, better education. He knew mm. how, like, not just to go to school and stuff, but like to actually learn about the world and try to like grow business wise and like wow. he knew that he, like I even knew when I was a kid like he liked I was more of a daddy's boy because like I had his personality trait and my brother mm. he was my dad and him would always butt apparently but with my mom and him they would get along so well so my dad wanted us to go to school he wanted us to do this and my older brother would always get in trouble and like he wouldn't study and stuff but my dad knew that I liked books and like liked reading and like he knew that he wanted us to go to school and become like a better version of him. Like he's giving us a head start mm. compared to what he had. So like I know that's what he wanted for us. Wow. Um, and so wow. I'll get to that like a little more into that when I get to the end of the story. Um, at least about my parents' past. Um, yeah. So they yeah, so we end up having our f three siblings, and then my dad. So my mom got sick. I'm not gonna get into how they got sick and all that. We mm. can talk off mic about that. White people. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, so my mom gets sick. Say you're sorry. And then <laughs> sorry. So my mom gets sick. Um, and so my dad takes her to a hospital in the capital, and then she never comes back. Oh, and shit. I never got to say goodbye or anything like that. And then. From there, my dad moves us from the village, the comfort that we are used to, and he brings us to another village that he is like works out of. That's not like his home one, like we were. He just had like a home, another one. So he would sad from the village, so he just stopped going to the village and start started hanging out somewhere else. And in the meantime, my little brother gets sick and it's too late to cure him. So then he passes away. We're in that village. So it ends up just being my older brother and I and my dad. Um, and that's when this picture was taken, the one I just showed you. In the blue shirt? Yep, in the blue shirt. So this picture, he's starting to get sick and starting to look. Can I see that? And Marcus, uh, Jacob has mentioned, and, and Sean as well, some of these pictures, with your permission, would that be all right? Yeah. To, 
to um, post for people that are listening and stuff. No, see. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Can. Um, yeah, so in that picture, I'll show you another picture of him later, but like he used to be full of life and like energetic, but you can see in the picture he's getting sicker and just starting to like become literally like bones. Um, yeah. And so he starts getting sicker and realizes he doesn't have that much time, so he moves back to Adi, to um, Galimso, and he starts telling his friends and family, like, hey, this is the life I want for the boys. This is like he just starts telling them everything that he wants for us. Um, and then he passes away, and so he was put in. Um, so when he passed away, doesn't have a job anymore. Like he's gone, and so the government gave us some money to help, but that would only last for so long. Mm. Um, and then all the money that he had saved and everything like that, he used for the medical, for medic medicine. It's because it's not there's no healthcare. You want better like government like healthcare and stuff. There's none of that right. in Africa. So if you want medication, you have to pay for it. So he used all the savings and everything that he's ever saved to get medicine for my mom. That didn't work. And then the rest of the money that he had, he got it from our little brother. That didn't work. And then the rest of the money that he had and was literally making at that time, he used for all for himself. So when he was passing away, he told all of his friends, like, please look after my children. He had, like, best friends. Like, you know, they have amazing events. And so there's just, like, people in the community that loved us. They because genuinely, like, they, yeah. because yeah, it's like my parent, my mom used to give them the kids money. Like, all those little kids and stuff. Now they're in their 20s. And, like, when I went back, I saw those kids. And it was just like... To them, there was like that lady right there. Your mom used to give us money when we needed it. When we needed food, your mom would give us food. She would buy stuff for the community that nobody else would ever buy to give to us. She didn't need to do that. My dad was making enough money, and she now know what it's like to be rich. She didn't need to give them any money, but she mm. literally knew the struggle. She's just loving, yeah. So she gave them wow. all that. And same with my dad. They'll have events and stuff for the community to come together. So when they died, like the community was actually devastated because that's like. That was, like, the heart and soul of, like, the community. Yeah. Like, when I was wow. talking about earlier, like, at the end of the movie, the whole community's together and celebrating. That's completely gone now because where they would hang out is all gone. And my aunt at this time was 16. No, yeah, she was, like, 16-ish. Yeah, no, maybe, like, 17 or 16 because it's been, like, seven years now. Um, she is responsible for taking care of us, and the community people are helping us, like, Chombe is helping us, like, He's like, okay, no more goofing around, Milkasa. Like that's, uh, and that's Micah's name. Uh, he's like, Micah, no more messing around. You're gonna have to actually behave now, even though Chomi was a troublemaker. But once they passed away, he knew how much influence he had on my little, on my older brothers. So he's wow. like, I need to make sure like this kid doesn't end up fucked up like I did, because he even told us when we were there, your dad had plans for you guys to go to school to get a better education than all of us in the village. You guys had nice clothes. You guys had like things were going in the right direction for y'all in life that nobody else was afforded um, and they want to give us back. And there's some of the other kids that were in school at that time that my dad helped go to like actual the capital. He paid for them. They're like, hey, wow. here's this much money. Go to the capital. Go meet this person. They will give you schooling. They will give you housing. You go to the school. I've already paid for your schooling. So he did that to two of the kids there wow. in the community. And when I went back, both of those kids were so excited to see me because they were just like, because of your dad, like I met one of them. Um, he works for the biggest, uh, the second biggest coffee company in Ethiopia. Wow. And he is not the CEO, but he's number two. So he's like wow. number two guy for the second biggest coffee. Wow. And that, when I say bi second biggest coffee, they bring coffee to Starbucks. Yeah. They yeah. bring like Ethiopian coffee. Yeah. When you see places, it's most likely his company that brings coffee. Wow. That kind of stuff. 
So it's like it's I pledge I will only drink Ethiopian coffee from now on. <laughs> That's crazy. So second biggest coffee company and they deliver coffee everywhere. And so that guy, he had he literally told me he's like if it wasn't for my dad, he cuz he's Chombe's brother. Oh. He said oh, <laughs> he's wow. Chombe's older brother that like my dad helped. Chombe. He's like he's like if your dad didn't give me that opportunity cuz remember their dad died and so, or their dad abandoned them, so it was just like the three boys and the mom left. So my dad would give them money and help them. And when the oldest boy became old enough, he's like, "You're gonna go to school." He's not. There's not even his kid. He's like, "You're gonna go to this school. You're gonna go meet this person, and you can do whatever you want in life. But wow. go to these places and go to the capital. Here's a letter with my name on it. All these people will help you." And if it was just a random person that showed up, they would have said no. But then he gave them the letter. They read that. And said, oh, it's from Bogala. We love that Bogala guy. Yeah. Come on down. Because my dad's always thinking of helping people for, like, the bigger picture. Wow. And so he helped this guy get that job. And, like, get a foot into the door. And now that guy's, like, running the biggest coffee company out there. And so wow. when I went back, like, I met with him. And he, like, told me that. I was like, your family really wanted better for y'all because they did that much for the community. Um Mm. so then when the whole so after they passed away my aunt was in charge of us and then she needed she sold our TV she sold because like the community was donating money they were helping in any way that they can family members from other places would send on Mondays this person Tuesday this person would bring us food eventually ends up just being too much and too much because it's like they're trying to help yeah, out but, but they yeah. still got their own struggle now they don't have that income that my parents were providing for the community so they're just like we can only do so much so they started my mm. auntie started selling all of our TV all of our cameras all of our like nice stuff so eventually our house was just where empty. would she sell it to though like oh people there's other rich people in the area in that the area, they I can see. chip like somebody has a they own there's like a a bar that they owned it wasn't really a bar it was just more of like a room that people would drink in for sure, she would yeah. she would sell the tv for them and then they can connect the internet into there and so then gotcha. it was not the internet they can connect um, electricity. The electricity in there so they can put so we know that marcus thinks internet and electricity are the same thing it's all right they it has nothing to do with the skin color <laughs> it's because i didn't learn english till i was in first grade <laughs> um can i interject yeah. may i yes sir what's you just did too. really cool and what's something that I I love about your story is your mother in Michigan, she was a single mother, correct? Yes, sir. And so you may have had, you know, prominent male figures in your life. Could be somebody from work or somebody you met, like, at a gym or whatever. You've probably met some influential people that were adult males in your life, but you never really had a father. Like, in like growing up in Michigan in America, right? That's absolutely true. And and I'll let you, yeah. And is would you say that? Because I, I'm sure young kids, they look at their friends and they meet, they get older. Like you know, it would have been awesome if I had a father, but you never did. No one ever took that spot. And then when you go back after all that work and preparation, and then you find out who your father is, plus the the influx and the, the flooding of these memories from growing up, it's like there was, there one was no one to ever take that place. And then two, it's like you to that village were the embodiment of like what your father represented. And I don't know. I, I don't know if you ever felt growing up like, man, I wish I had like a father, but then at this moment, if you ever felt that way, you were probably like, I'm so glad because 
because there's nothing that could ever measure up to that. Because what your family was doing was aloha. What your family was doing is it takes a village. What it is is your your brother's keeper. It's treating your neighbor as yourself, and mm. and that's just something that is so gone in in society as a whole throughout the world. But in little Ethiopia, it's like it's it's fucking there. It takes a village, and, and not only is it mm. there, Marcus. What's amazing about your story is it's your family mm. that is the one that is just that core that is just blossoming and putting it out there the rest of the world. So much to say that your village and your father and your mother in Ethiopia, they brought that African aloha to to Maui, to this fucking lanai right here, mm. to this table, you know? And I don't know, it was just something I was thinking about, I wanted to, you know, say, but... I mean, I don't know. Kudos to your father, like, and, and your family, and and then, dude, you're the embodiment of it. You know what I mean? You're you're that. That's why you told me that when you showed up, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, he's back! <laughs> he's rose from the dead!" You know what I mean? They thought you were your father, and and for all intents and purposes, you are yourself as an individual, but you are your father too. I don't know if that's really a question or anything. It's just no. A that, you raise a good point with that because I know growing up, my mom never had somebody. Like a, like a father figure for us. We had like, so we shared like a lot of friends and stuff and they would try to be mentors for us. My dad, my older brother, easily, any man that wants to mentor him, he'll take it on and he'll like go with them. But any, he was more of like a mama's boy. So like he wouldn't have like, our mom and him, our adopted mom didn't really get along because he was a mama's boy and he wouldn't let another woman take his spot, like her spot. And for me, it was the opposite I love my dad so much that I will never let, like, another man, like, be my father figure. Like, I had, like, great, like, work mentors and stuff. But I remember when she, this guy at church was trying to date her and he was trying to be nice to us. And I would totally just, like, I wouldn't, I I knew what he was trying to do and I was just not about it. I was like, you're not my dad. I literally tell the guy. Mm. And she would even have, like, a mentor guy that, David Harrell, I feel so bad for him because I I was think I was addicted when I was younger. Because he tried to mentor us. He tried to take us places and do things. And every time I was just like, I don't like it. Because I just felt like he was trying to be my dad. And that was like a hole that I knew was already filled up from like my childhood. Mm. And some stories I can tell you now is I remember that after my mom and my little brother died. And my older brother would just be crying all the time. Like he literally was just so devastated that... Like he was, he was got along with my little brother more than me and him ever got along. He got along with my mom more than he got along with my dad. Like their three personalities were like the same. So to my mom and him, they were always so close. And my dad and I, we used to sit up late at night. He used to cook for me. He used to teach me how to cook. And to the point, like even after he died, I used to cook for my auntie. And she's like, where'd you learn how to cook? You're six years old. And I literally used to cook for her. And I was like, oh, because my dad used to do this. And she (laughs) says, like, I used to act like him. And like I was telling you earlier, like when I knew when his bus would arrive and I would literally the whole week, I'm supposed to be doing something with my friends. I would just sit there like days, like waiting for my dad. And so I think once he passed away, it was just more of like a shut off to like, I respect men, but it's more of like a, what's like there's just like a whole like i don't know like you're not my dad kind of thing and so with women like if i have a woman boss even i love it no problem at all if i have a guy boss i've noticed we tend to butt heads because it's more of like a I don't know. I feel like he's trying to, like, they're trying to be more like my dad. I'm just like, you're not my dad. You're not my boss. Yeah. But if it's like a woman boss, easy. I'll listen to whatever they have to say because it's like mm. I have no, like, yeah. I think that's something I know I've been struggling with before, too. And so, like, once going there and figuring out, learning about my dad, I'm like, Okay, based on my dad's personalities and who I am, I learned a lot of traits from him and inside of like inside of me is some of his personality. 
so I know that I'm not like anybody that tries to force themselves into my life I will like reject mm. um, and so I'm glad that my mom was not married and she didn't have I didn't have a father figure just because I think it opened up that freedom for me to like still feel like I can be myself without having like right. another male tell me like yeah what to be like it almost worked out it, sort of right your yeah. experience yeah. going back home would not have been the same you know just guessing if you had tried to fill the hole as you said which was already filled from yeah. that past right uh continue i'm sorry yeah, i don't absolutely. know absolutely no no you're good no i love that no thanks tim uh, um, I, I have a lot of good questions because <laughs> i'm smart as fuck <laughs> <laughs> um what was i saying oh yeah so uh, yeah so my, my my auntie mimi she sold everything and so then eventually she ran out of money from that because she tried to live with us. And so that, that was six months. And so then eventually my dad's cousin, who lives in the capital, came to Addis Ababa and she tried to convince the community, hey, let these boys stay with me. And Mimi's like, oh, you know, if they stay with you, I can go to Arabia and I can go work and I can make gold because in Arabia and Saudi Arabia, they're giving gold like it's nothing over there and like, 90s so she's like let me go over there and go get some of this gold and they literally were giving gold out as like payment and so she's like okay so the boys will stay with me so we stay with our i guess our second cousin in Addis Ababa um and she already had three daughters her intentions for getting us was she was hoping because the community was donating money and food and she was hoping that the community would still be giving her food and donations but she lived so far away that they never gave her anything and they didn't really like know her to the mm. point where they're like, they still come and visit and give money to us or like some kind of like trying to help us out, my dad's friends. But they knew her intentions were different. Like she, she would get money from them, but she'd use it to go on her daughter. She'd go do something else mm. with them. She used to make us sleep on the foot of the bed, like on the floor of the bed and the daughters would sleep on the bed. And she, we, Mike and I are like, oh, can we take turns like sleeping on the bed? And she's like, no, you two belong on the floor. Like oh, you guys, geez. that's not for you. And so then when my aunt went to Arabia, like uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia to work, she would literally send her, like she would exchange the gold for money. She'll send the money to my cousin. She will get the money and she wouldn't share with us at all. Wow. So she treated us for the three months that we lived with her. She... Wait, cut that out. <laughs> for the three months that... that no. Oh, yeah. No, for the three months that we lived with her, she... Treated us like her servants or slaves. So we did all the chores for her. We did l literally every single little project for her. And she just got to the point where she's like, huh, I bet you I can make money from selling these kids somewhere. Because she's like, she realized there was a lot of that going on. And so she had somebody, um, her, one of her daughters came and she's like, hey, somebody from work said, if you bring the kids to this orphanage, they'll give you this much money. And you get the money and the kids are gone. And you don't have to worry about them. And she's like, and... The perk is, you still make that money from the aunt that's sending money. Wow. So she's like, Holy that's shit. a great idea. This is your idea. cousin? No, no, yeah, that's our cousin. That's the one my dad a, helped, like, in the beginning. Bitch. When he went to the Capitol, <clears throat> remember when he was a, younger? Can I say <clears throat> that? Is that, is that not... She's a bitch, right? Oh, yeah, she's 100% a okay, bitch. Yeah, no. So it, she, when my dad was, when he left God. his village and he went to the Capitol when he was younger to go give money to... Um, like to go get education and stuff he stayed with my cousin he helped my cousin out he gave my cousin because you know that my dad like he helped their family out 
giving them whatever. He's like, thank you for allowing me to stay with you guys while I'm getting education, but I'm making money, so I will pay my rent and I'll pay for you guys. I'll buy, like, I'll fix up your house. So he did all that for them. Wow. And now we are at their door. Ask like she took us in because my all the stuff my dad did for her. She told the village is because your dad did all this for us. You guys, we are gonna help you out. Ends up she's just using us for her own good. When eventually my brother was a dick because he's a bully and stuff and like to the point where he's like fighting with the neighborhood kids it just became too much for her and i would always do the chores and stuff and she's like well i want two people to do my chores and this one keeps getting in a fight she can only like yell at us for so long to the point where she's like i'm just gonna sell you guys so she brought us to the orphanage um and sold us to them make money off that and so this is and then she was still collecting money from my aunt that was like working in saudi arabia sending us money this is that how lady. do like i don't understand that how do orphan like how did they she how did like she, she sell you Detroit. guys like how does that even work so their property <laughs> so if i'm Tim, so up. if you're buying <laughs> so this is <laughs> so when we need to whip I, you Tim. i don't know if you know about the orphanage That's but it's not politically correct uh, so it's not like the kind that works out in america where and then i'll show you another picture of her too Detroit, bro. And this is a picture. Oh, we're gonna cut that out. Oh shit! <laughs> so that's just the one in the middle. And then this is her when I went to go see her. Did you slap her upside the head? Oh, is bitch! Your slap backhand, baby. Mm-mm. No, actually, I'll show you this picture after Did I tell you the story. Like oh, okay, okay. Pull out like a wad of American cash and just beat and her just with it. Let her smell it. <laughs> So with Sorry. the so with so with the adoption, if you wanted, if you wanted kids back then, like originally, like the orphanage thing was just like what's what's the hottest and newest latest thing in America? They want they want to buy kids, let's sell kids to them, easy to get kids, and then eventually they're like, shoot, we don't have enough kids, we need to get them somehow. You know what? You give us a kid, we'll give you this much. You give us a kid, we'll give you this much. They started putting it out there. Oh wow! So, so literally, like like a child so, trafficking so, ring. So the person I talked to. Um, Wait, so your American number, orphanage, American orphanages would give money to take. No, 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 no. So in Africa, so yeah, so like if I wanted to adopt a kid, so my mom when she wanted to adopt us, she had to pay twenty five thousand dollars per kid. Holy! So that's God. where the money came from. Yeah. Gotcha. So she would pay that much to get a kid. So and she then paid the 50, orphanage in Africa or Ethiopia would pay. Would pay people. a little bit. They take a, they a, take li- a cut. Because yeah, because it's different currencies. So you went as twenty five grand. <laughs> a little. The orphanage would keep majority of it. Yeah, but you but went wait. for twenty five grand. Yeah. But wait. So I use one rich motherfucker. <laughs> why would like that's per kid? What is the per? What 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 is the reason why? Like I, your mom would spend that kind of money because she really wanted you, to. Because to adopt a kid, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Like if you want somebody, you have to pay. Because his mo- mother's all a saint. These, yeah. Like yeah. so, so all the That's paperwork incredible. and stuff. I don't think that costs that much. But to physically go to the orphanage, she had to bring all that much money in like twenties. What? So imagine carrying that That's much like a, money. a briefcase. She had it's a drug, fifty thousand. She had fifty thousand. Because in Africa, the currency, it's like they don't believe anything that's above 20. So back then, now they don't, like it has to be 100 or they don't believe it. Oh but back God. then it was $20. So she literally brought $50,000 in cash. And she said, she remembers when she went to the bathroom at the airport, in the airport, she had it all like 
in everything. She was so, she was so terrified that it was gonna go down because right, cause you have to wow. even then you still have to declare ten thousand or more. Right? Yeah. So she had to carry everything like that to give it to them because she wow. can't just wire transfer. Your mom is. She's a gangster. Yeah. I, love I was you just guys. gonna say, wow. <laughs> right, your mom is a wow. gangster. So my, we get both of you on the podcast now. <laughs> Um, so before we get to that though, she, um, yeah, so she sold us to the orphanage within three months of being there. My auntie was still sending her money. She was like, my cousin was like, this is done. We got rid of the kids. She's getting all the milk she needed. Exactly. Chat. So we were there for maybe another three months and then we got ended up getting adapted to Michigan. Wow. Um, and then that's how I ended up in Michigan. Um, and then when I went back. So I guess along this storyline. Mm. So when we were visiting our family in Addis, we saw my mom's side of the family. We saw like the chat farm. We saw like the streets where we grew up on. And then we went to Addis Ababa to go find this other lady. And she was, because my mom's side of the family, after my mom and dad died, they didn't have connection with my dad's side of the family. So, because mm. they lived in a whole other village. So it's not right. like they ever saw each other. They only saw each other after my parents got married and so or when my dad's cousin came to get us right so we had to do a whole nother research to find out where this lady was and so to do that we had to go reach out to like some different people and like the guy from the coffee like the mm-hmm. my dad's like one of Chombe's brother lived in Addis and he was able to help us reconnect with this lady mm. and when we saw her so the lady to the left in the pink in this picture is uh, our other cousin who was wondering what happened to the kids. Wow. Our, the lady in black, you'll see, she is the auntie. That She's our cousin. She's our cousin that put us in the orphanage. Shave her head. She didn't even, like, cry. Meanwhile, the one in the pink who was, like, for 20 years wondering where these kids went, she's bawling. She's the one that was working. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. I'll show you her picture oh, later. Okay. That's just another cousin that was oh, just, just... She knew cousin. us. Wow. She knew us, but she just didn't know what happened. You... you uh, you've probably thought of this, but for 20 years, she was wondering. Uh, for 20 years, this lady never give up hope. You that's know what I mean? crazy. That's an amazing wow. thing. That's like so yeah. tough. And that's the power of prayer. That's the power of, like, positive energy. Just because mm. some people could go. And we were just talking about that. You too. know what? Mm. It's like, I mean, I hope they're all right. You know, when I saw them when they were little, they had, you know, nice teeth. Maybe they made it all right. Yeah. But instead, she was, like, praying, like, no. hoping. Oh, the one mm. that with the orphanage? No, the the one that was crying. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She was yeah. yeah. Um, so with within Africa, they're oh, very, mm-hmm. okay. so they're very peaceful people. So they don't, they don't really show violence. I mean, they show violence when they need to. Unless but you're your brother. Yeah, <laughs> like or when you're like teenage rebel- rebellious. But in, like you respect adults because there's a lot of like Ethiopian like hierarchy rules and yeah. stuff. You have to respect your elders. Um, and so when we wow. were adopted, and our aunt who found out, like, who's been sending the money, when this is after we're already adopted and gone, she came back a couple of years later to say, like, hey, I've, I've been sending you so much money. I've been working in Arabia for, like, I know how much money I've been sending you. Where's the kids? She's like, I don't know. She's like, the kids are not here anymore. So what do you mean the kids are not here? She's like, I don't know. The kids aren't here anymore. Wow. wow. And out of respect of the adult, she couldn't yell at her. She couldn't do anything. She was just like... So she went back to the village and asked everybody what happened. And they're like, well, while you were gone, we think she did something with the kids. And we have no idea what she did with the kids. Mm. And she's like, what about all the money I sent her and stuff? And they're like, 
She didn't like, tell us. We, we tried to ask. We know that she, you've been sending, like, we know you've been sending money to her, and we've been so giving money to her. for all they know, they, she could have, like, killed you guys or something. Yeah. Like, murdered you and... There's no trial. There's no court. She's an elder in the community. Wow. They don't... Shit. I should have got So when they, when they saw you, they were like... You're alive? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They're like, we didn't even they, know you were alive. Th- so they, they had hopes that I was alive. Because in Ethiopia, they have a TV show called EBS. And that's where uh, the adopted Ethiopian kids go to America. Well, it's like PBS. <laughs> I so just, they, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. So they had all the adopted kids that were adopted. They eventually, or like the families will go on the TV show and be like, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm adopted. I'm looking for my family. And they look, because now Ethiopians, some regions have TVs, and they're like, this person right here needs to find his family. Can you find... That's like a Murray show. That's actually it's really like fucking literally sick. Dora, these literally are awesome. Dora looked for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me find my family? <laughs> well, here, people <laughs> do. Because, oh, oh, no, because, because like I said... Here, I'm brought a subs. I will help you I, find your family. <laughs> and Sponsored by Are you my mommy? <laughs> are you my daddy? And if I wasn't adopted, I mean, if I, if I wasn't, if I didn't find my family, that's what I was going to go do was go on that show. And I already had started filling out applications after like those four days. So wow. like, get on the show because that's what they do. Because everybody in Ethiopia, you like one person off away from like knowing something about it. So if somebody would say, I'm from this village, do you know anyone? That person's called their village. And so my aunt used to watch that show. And other Open. relatives used to watch that show to one day, and they would go to that one bar that had the TV to go find out, like, uh, where those kids at. And that was like... Ain't no show, baby. You showed up in person, son. I, exactly. <laughs> and so they would they try to get on that pixels. show, and they used to, every year, they used to go to that aunt, that cousin's house and ask her, where are the kids at? She's like, I don't know. And then they leave, and then they watch the show for another year. Um, and so when we were adopted, we were supposed to send pictures, like, after, like, the first five years or something, or after the first couple years and so my mom sent a picture one year to our cousin because she sent us the orphanage and the orphanage gave it to my aunt cousin thinking that she cared (laughs) but you want to know where these kids are she got the letter she didn't really care she just left it on the table left it there for weeks my aunt she threw away the picture no she just left it she didn't really like look at it she's like i don't really care about these kids didn't even maybe she looked at it i don't know my explanation is she didn't really care about us She's enough. She's like looking at it like, I should have got more money. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. We're doing well now, dang. She, she threw the family, because it was like a picture, a family picture we got like a Walmart or something, whatever those like. So she just threw that on the counter. She didn't care. That same week, my auntie happens to come to the house, and it happens to be the week that she's like, where are the kids at? Oh, everything like, just boom, boom, boom. She's like, I don't know. And so then she walks away, and she's like, I bet you it's, she has to have some information. And she's looking. She sees a picture. She pulls it. Oh, my gosh. It's the boys. They're still alive. And then she puts it back like she didn't see it. And she's like, okay. And then leaves the house. And then she goes tell everybody, I know like I know those boys are alive. She knows where they are. She won't tell me. I saw a picture with them with a white lady. So maybe she they're adopted somewhere. And so that's kind of the inspiration for them to watch EBS to see if, if we wow. ever get on the show. Um, may I ask, is horrid what your aunt cousin did by selling you guys? And for all intents and purposes, from what you understand, she didn't give a fuck about you guys, right? Yeah. But what she did, that act of, like, like horrible whatever, that God used or it was somehow it worked out because... It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like the the what is it the thirty pieces of silver or gold that Judas. Yeah. yeah. So it was this, like 
betrayed your own family, mm. and then yet Christ rises from the dead, right? He needed to be sold, right? So the thing, the thing I kept saying when I was there is what they meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. Oh, like yes, that's, yeah. brother. Yes, that's the saying I kept saying. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen, old man. That's the only saying that yeah. kept me from like beating the shit out of her because I could yeah. literally kill that lady, wow. and I wouldn't. Yeah. And I it's would okay not, in Ethiopia. Yeah, you can I, beat women. I like nothing would happen, but like. Wow. So that's, that's the a only true thing man right there. that only Damn. kept me motivated was is like what she meant for evil, God meant for good. Like right. She, I love like that. God provided me with this life and like he somehow I was dealt to her hands and for him that was the plan. For her, she's like, Oh, I have a plan. I'm gonna sell these kids and make money. God's like, That's my plan. Somehow like, these kids jokes need to on end, you, they weren't a hundred grand a somehow, piece. Yeah, some, <laughs> somehow these kids need to end up in America, and the only person that can do it is you, pretty right, much. Right. And so, so this wow. is the well, real I, coming to America I, story. I, I, Dude, yeah. I Eddie truly Murphy believe that you are. Yeah, yeah. I truly believe demons that those kind of dark forces are to get you on the track you were meant to be on, mm-hmm. and, and God uses them. And even to my point in my life, I always reflect like everything that happened even after I was adopted. There's a lot of points in life that I'm like, man, I wish that didn't happen because I hate that happened. But it's like those kind of struggles needed to happen for me to be mm-hmm. who I am today. I don't want, I never want to say that I'm glad my happened. parents died. Yeah. Right. I, but I know my parents had to die in order for me to be here right now. Like, we wouldn't be having this interaction. Yeah. Like, this would look completely different. Yeah. Like, I always, like, everything has, like, uh, equal it's that you wouldn't be blessing us with your yeah. seeds yeah. of knowledge yeah. all over like, us. So, no, like, like I, if, if that never happened, like, I wouldn't have. You're one of my really good, like, closest friends now. Closest and black I wouldn't. Like, you're, you're probably at the list of all my black friends. Like, like, <laughs> on, the, on the top of the yeah, list, you know? But like, no, if, but, like, if, if we had never met, you wouldn't have helped me and my family through the fire. Wouldn't you have would, saved our lives. Pate, and who knows? Family. Pate, yeah. Who knows? And if me, like, just telling you, like, literally just me saying, like, oh, come to my house, it gives you a different perspective on it. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't have done the things that you would have done. You would have maybe done them, but it would have been a different way. It would have been a different way. Because it set you up in a different, like. And then and then we were able to do our, our trips out to Lahaina and everything. Yeah. And that is so, like, it's crazy. Yeah. What, what's it's what divine. The enemy meant for evil is, is, yeah. is what God me- means for good, you know? Yeah. And for all the people, you know, I know we talk a lot about the fire and all that. Um, you know, it sounds like a broken drum. But how about you suck my fuck fucking you. nuts? How about that? <laughs> fuck you, huh? Is that the same the last yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing that. I'm just gonna keep doing that. So, Marcus, for our listeners, uh, and thank you very much for saying like the whole backstory and and they know a little more. So, just give us some because I have some questions that I'd like to ask. Yeah. I'm sure that Sean might. Uh, just give us a quick summary of like when you came into the village. And, and they were all just mesmerized. They, they, they thought it was your father. It was you. Um, you said that they did some, like, ceremonial things, traditional things. What, you learned how to cook some food. What are just a couple key points that were really cool about going back home uh, and learning about? No, absolutely. Um, one of the biggest ones was the whole village came together again. Oh, yes, sir. Like, Damn. that was the awesome. Cornerstone, son. <laughs> Literally. You're the unifier. Like, hey, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's me. I'm not, but I'm just saying, it's like, you. It, you know, the stone. it was just really cool just to see the whole village coming together again as if I was a kid. Like, and That's I just, crazy. like. It's just, like, nostalgia, it's like, just, mirrored image. Yeah. And, wow. like, most of, like, their parents and stuff, like, those kids have, like, either passed away now because they're older now. And it's, like, or, like, seeing my auntie and, her, like, 
it was just like a different and I saw kids again like when I was in the orphanage again like kids running around and playing mm-hmm. and it was just so hard for me to like not be in their shoes like I literally can see myself in their exact shoes because it's like I don't know how else to explain it to anybody else that's like never that's cool. been through that like what, what was the emotion it was like my heart just felt free like carefree wow. it just felt so like I always like wondered what I was doing when I was a kid what did like just every little thing but sitting there with the adults and like seeing the way they would talk I'm like this is exactly what my dad would have been doing is sitting here talking to the, the adults and I was this and kid I running was around th- yes and I'm seeing myself in a different perspective I'm like oh I was I knew 100% like some of the kids would like sit by their parents and like I was like <laughs> I know I was that kid who was doing that to my dad when yeah, I was a awesome. kid yeah. like and we're sitting in literally the same room that they used to have the parties in when we showed up to the village wow. the people like the person who ended up moving into that house was just a random guy who was walking past the house saw nobody was living in the house and he's just like I mean for you stuff from the village and he's just like slowly like be- be- he started living in the house slowly now he has his family and kids in the house and nobody ever said anything in the community he's like yeah I guess did no- you go this is my house no I didn't but <laughs> when I showed house. up when <laughs> I showed up he straight up said if you need this house I will leave if you tell me to really? leave I will go and I literally wow. that's old school respect right I there. literally mm-hmm. looked at we him we need and his- that in the US <laughs> they're still living back in what is it 20 2016 2016 that's yeah. the 2016 respect son yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so seeing that family just say that I was just like holy crap that man is literally willing to like leave his like tell his whole family to leave and i just looked at the house like no you can stay here i'm not gonna kick you out but he's like well we still want to have like a event for you and like bring the whole community together so we brought some goats i bought chat for the whole village bro (laughs) you drunk them up son let's go drug them up baby get them drunk but you didn't have any that's even more (laughs) chat and milk for the whole village guys and milk's hard to cut mine in africa so Mm. like bought milk and chat for that so they they what they you said that they got goats and what did they do so they got goats and they killed it in front of me and they made me know in your honor right in my honor and for the community and for the community because it's like and know, that's not something they do every day that's, no 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 okay because no, no, that's a video that's of the goat right yeah i did yeah dude <laughs> so they we'll yeah put so, that on the thing too. so they bought a goat for me and they don't generally do that they only do that on special occasions the same thing with like an, so when i went to my dad's area they bought a whole cow and killed it and they like that's even like crazier too because it's like you don't do those kind of things in Africa but you do it when it's like a special occasion like holidays. Like something crazy. Yeah, yeah. so I really mm-hmm. appreciate that they came together and did that for me in celebration and just like... Did you eat it? The cow and the goat? I did. Nice. I threw it both times because I don't eat meat. Yeah. And I How, felt really bad how's for that. How's that? Yeah. It's yeah. okay though. It, I mean... It, like you tried it. I that's tried just, it. At least I, you show yeah, respect. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I yeah. tried to tell them I don't eat meat and I saw that that's rude so I was just like I'll eat it and I'll show it to them I don't eat meat. Yeah. <laughs> And then you, you said, I remember you said that they had sacrificed, they did a couple more times <laughs> sacrifice the goat. Mm-hmm. You also met an old childhood friend. Yep. Right? And yep. what happened with that? Um, so we reconnected. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, so there's a couple of different childhood friends I met. There was, um, <laughs> so there's some really good childhood friends I met up with. Uh, one of them was an actual, like, the guy who grew up with me alongside our age. Yes. Um, and then there was Chombe. 
He was our neighborhood. Oh, we'll call one of the subs the Chombe sub. Oh, I'm writing it down. Writing it down. Wait, wait, wait. The Chombe. We can call it E Chombe. E Chombe. Like Wakanda. Yeah, like E Chombe. Yeah. It's like the Iron Man movie. Yeah, so uh, this Chombe, and out of respect, because all the good things my mom and my dad did for him, and giving him drug money, I guess you call it, yeah. to go buy chat and stuff when he was younger, um, and just being that close to our family. One time we were at his house, and he has a daughter um, who was washing my feet, washing my hand the whole time I was there. Biblical I thought style. It, yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a sign of respect, and so I let her do that. Nobody hmm. else's house I would go to, nobody really washed my feet or hands. But she washed my feet and wa- I washed my hand out of respect. Um, she was a lovely young lady, very young lady. Um, and when we were, when we were, um, <laughs> and one of the last nights there, Chombe said, Chombe said, because um, he doesn't speak much English with my translator, he asked my translator if, um, if I would be interested in his daughter and if I would be interested in marrying her and I asked and I, and I explained to Chombe I guess to my translator translated Chombe that in America it is frowned upon to marry a, um, how old was she? She's 14. Yo! All right! Dude. Good for you! Let's go! He's going. No. So, buy her a cow? <laughs> no. <clears throat> so in America, it is frowned upon to marry somebody of that age. And he just had a solution. He had a solution. He said, I will, he's like, well, we'll wait. We'll have her wait for you until she turns 18. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I, I'm not going to do it, just letting you guys know. But out of Makes respect for him, because that's like you like, you're a man. You yeah. raised this daughter. You're not gonna let anybody marry her, and you're saying you're gonna like you're offering her to someone. That's pretty noble in Ethiopian Do we see a picture of her? community. I, no, no. Um, no. And no. then, <laughs> and then, it's a hard no. so out of respect for him, I said yes. But I'm not when she turns 18 in four years, maybe three years now. Um, I'm not going to be... You're counting, I'm, I'm not counting. So out of, respect, out of respect to him, you lied to his face. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> out of respect to him, I had to lie to his face because... That's pretty cool, man. Was, yeah. she, was she like, you know, of course... Hey, round of applause. They, it's, that's an honor, wow. honestly. Like, that's wild. No, that is. I've, none of us will ever experience that. Just no, a man <laughs> giving... <laughs> I'm not even... But seriously, yeah. like that, that... Giving their daughter... The respect, dude. Yeah. You the know, respect, okay. the, the, the kind of... The community aspect of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like promising, yeah, that's crazy. And then also the what's crazy is they're doing this just not just for you, but it's the reciprocal of what your father and they did for those people. And then I remember I don't know if you mentioned this, I don't think you did, but you had said that your translator he he just wanted a hundred dollars for his services, right? Oh yeah. And then you gave him a little extra in the way it's like it reminds me now of hearing more in detail about how your father was mm. about how you not even realizing it you just were your father for that yeah. moment like you are the yeah, embodiment amazing, yes. and you gave him tell us you gave him extra and what did he say he could do with and that? also the monetary oh. value for the listeners absolutely so i gave him so I was, in the beginning he didn't really want any money i told him i'll give him a hundred dollars to be my translator just because i thought it would motivate him but he was already motivated because he's a godly man he's like i'm motivated to do this and so I was just like, okay. So at the end of it, I ended up giving him $400. And to him, going like 100 So like America, if somebody was to say to you, I'll give you $1,000, you're like, okay, yeah, I can do that. 
but then they end up giving you four thousand dollars you're gonna flip out that's like that's that's a significant difference um but in ethiopian it's a lot different so like me giving him like like four hundred dollars is more of like ten thousand dollars so to them it's just like the currency wise he literally says now he can go have another child like he didn't have one before but he's like i can go have a child i can go buy a car like wow. he literally how crazy went, is that yeah. like you changed that man's I literally, life you were literally Drake <laughs> you were, you, were you playing God's plan when no. you racked up God's plan like just give no. yeah. yeah so that's awesome yeah so that's for amazing. them they don't have that's, a lot of money that, but for me amazing, I was yeah. how did you feel like a I did you feel like really, a pimp I didn't really feel when I, he said that I, no. no when he told me that I was just like cause to me I from my perspective I was there for that whole month and I brought like you know a certain amount of cash that I thought I was gonna be spending just like when you go on vacation you plan out I ended up not using really that much money because everywhere we go the hospitality we stayed in everybody's house for free even though it was just a hut they provided breakfast lunch and dinner wow. for me anything I wanted they provided like I didn't wow. have to pay for anything the only time I paid is when I wanted to like throw a festival for them or throw an event I wanted to buy a cow for somebody I wanted to buy a chat how for them how much did cows cost? like not that much like how much I don't know like oh, they may be expensive 50 bucks like an American Holy Whoa. shit, not that Dude, much. You know, it's crazy. Oh my though, if you want a cow, you just go Dude, on. Dude, that's my order at McDonald's, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just go on Hinge, bro. You'll find a so, cow on Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> With a cow, if you were milking it, could that, like, make your income for the year, kind of? Or, like, yeah, but provide mil- for your family? Milk, but they don't. Um, they don't have refrigerators, so they can't really refrigerate oh, it. Right. So that's why they make cheese and stuff. That's why when my mom's, like, giving them money to go buy milk like they really appreciate it fresh milk is fresh milk you gotta get it that day yeah um and so when i gave him that i just felt like oh i'm just like i have extra money i don't know i wasn't planning on using it i the money i have left i'm like i can pay my rent with still so i'm just like me giving him three extra hundred dollars was just like well you've done a lot for me the dude i'm literally giving this guy only a hundred dollars for being with me for 30 days, left his wife wow. for a little bit to go on right. this whole journey for with me. Full on business trip. Full on business trip that he, yeah, like you changed that man's he life. He literally dude. said, "I am." Oh yeah, so that's the other thing. I got him on a plane. He's never been on an airplane before. So wow. after we did that whole journey and found my aunt and stuff, we had to get back to the capital. And I was just like, bro, I'm not trying to get on another bus and just like, even though like I like being on the bus because it was like it reminded me of my dad. But being stopped every couple of miles or every after every other village was just, like, so much. And I was, like, stressing out about, like, the government and stuff. So we found somebody that has a helicopter that can get us. I just have to pay him. Paid the guy. Got us on a plane. And you should have seen my aunt and that dude's face. They have never, like, on a plane. They flipped out. Like, that dude was just praying the whole time. Like, shaking on the chair. Like, never been on an airplane. Got on the plane. Flew to the capital and go. We got. I pray drop. every time I go on a plane. Okay, I can relate a little bit. Yeah, Just but. Like, ima- <laughs> oh yeah, you're also black too. So. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine going from never having power to being on a plane. That's crazy. <laughs> so he was just like he literally told me like all like I didn't. He said I literally didn't even need to pay him because he had he hasn't spent a single dime when we were there because my whole family treated us on right. everything. And anytime we were, me and him were eating or doing anything, I would pay for him. I was like, oh, buy this for your wife. Buy a dress for your wife, and I would pay for it. So he's like this whole vacation wow. experience for him. It was just something that he yeah, never which is like, like a, a full on like paid for vacation. Yeah, dude. like you imagine if like, somebody's like, yeah. "Hey Jacob, um, you know Maui. Here's I'm gonna pay you just to hang out with me for the next year. You don't have to work at all." Ladies, let me know. Eightowaydotfirens <laughs> on all platforms. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was so, right out of the pocket. Marcus, dude. um, uh, you covered 
pretty much all the questions I was going to ask, but one of them was, um, in, in a weird way, I was curious, do you, do you consider yourself like American, like African American or like Ethiopian or is, is that, does that make sense? Yeah, because, yeah. or I guess you might consider yourself all of them. I don't, I don't know, but like, because there's an, I, uh, an individuality. An identity, yeah. Yeah. An identity. An I am. Yeah. So, I consider myself Ethiopian, but I also, I've, since being on this earth, I've, like, lived in Ireland, I've, like, gone to, like, a whole bunch of different countries in Europe, I've been to Thailand, been to, like, more places than, like, generally a lot of people have, Most people, yeah. and so I consider myself more worldly, whereas just, like, yeah, I'm Ethiopian. Cosmopolitan. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like... Any like I live on Maui now, so I'm gonna I like I adapted to the culture here and like yeah. I my mainland ways or like the continental ways, whatever, like I've forgotten about it. It's just like so I just adapt to the what's around me. The nomad. Cool. Like nomad. But like I still identify as Ethiopian at the end of the day. Amen. But I don't fit in so in Ethiopian there's a term called Habisha. 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 And so when I'm in Ethiopia I'll tell people they're looking at me like they speak in the language and I'll tell them I'm Habisha and they'll be like, Oh, Okay, like they'll understand, which means you're Ethiopian, but you grew up in America. Oh, mm. wow. that's a specific it's word. Specific, a on, wow. It's a, because a lot of kids have gotten adopted and they've gone to there, or a lot of families have moved there, mm. and so they don't know what to call themselves because all the African people right. we don't fit in with the Ugandans, and there's like Ethiopians, it's hard to find people, and so mm. we just have our own little community, and wow. the black people and other African people right. look at us weird because we were never colonized like I said before mm -hmm. so we don't fit into the other countries in Africa right. so we're just our own and then all the white people look at us as if we're a black guy or African so they don't really like mm -hmm. there's no Habisha. culture Habisha. Habisha so I, I just fit in this weird cultural sense and right. so like you're just a man, you're growing up a man without a home you know like yeah. Jacob said a nomad yeah. well I think it's important to no, you're home now. Just let oh, me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I will find you and kill you, dude, if you move. I do believe it's mm. important to have a certain identity. Sight At love. least there be a uh, a compartment in your life that 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 individuality with the identity with like your ethnicity and that. But in all honesty, it doesn't matter whether it's Ethiopian American, Habisha, right? It doesn't matter because. With someone like you that's well-traveled, very cosmopolitan, like you said, uh, you realize that you're, one, a human being, but then, two, you're a child of God. You yeah. know what I mean? And and being a child of God has led your journey uh, to a full circle all the way around. And that's really cool, man. That's really cool. I had one more question. I was hoping you were going to open your mouth and say, I am God. I am love. I am love. I was gonna say something on that. Um, yeah, go ahead. But move. So about so moving to Maui, I felt more like myself and more like when I was like living in Michigan. I didn't really. I couldn't like. I'm natural, mm. like you were saying, like Aloha inside of me, based on the village I was from, like yeah. the environment I grew up in. So I have Aloha in me, and living on the mainland or the continent, it was hard to like be my true self because I'll say hi to somebody and they're just like why, why, are, you, why are you talking to me that way or like wow. they'll have different reactions but ever since being on Maui it's been more of like I can say aloha to someone and yeah. it's like totally normal to be happy it's okay to be happy it's okay to like 
yeah. be joyful. And if there's a day you don't want to be happy and you just want to do your thing, people will still leave you alone. Like, that's one thing I loved about being here. And it's just like, I can just be happy without having to like worry about what other people think. Right. Dude, I resonate so, cause we're the same age. Like I feel the exact same way. Like that was when I moved here, like after a year, I was like, I think I was supposed to be here for a long time or something yeah. like that. I just, and then going back home, I'm like, what's, what's wrong? Like it doesn't feel right being, yeah. yeah. I never felt like at home when I was at home, but here it feels like home. Mm-hmm. Well, as they say, it's cliche. Homeless where the heart is, right? It is cliche, but mm. for a reason. So, another thing is, what was your mother's name again? Uh, in Which Michigan? one? Oh, Michigan. Uh, Lois Smith. Lois? Yeah. So, you know how a lot of times, well, you found out when you went to Ethiopia, they're like, you look like your father. You look like your family. We know now, and just from knowing you before, we didn't realize it, but you are your personality, your actions are much like your father and your family that is biological to you. Mm -hmm. Is there, growing up with your mother, Lois, is there, has there any, even though that she's white and you're black, has anyone ever been like, you know what, though? Like, we see some similarities in that. Has there ever been anybody that identified this idea that, like, well, even though you're adopted, like, you're so much like your mother? Um, because th that would be kind of cool. Yeah. If there are similarities and that she's passed on, because once again, in that nomadic kind of way of your life, it's you are so much like your family in Ethiopia and you're so much like your family in Michigan. Because from what you've told me, your mother in Michigan continue to foster, continue to help and show aloha to other people. Yeah. And you're doing that, you know, maybe the core of it started in Ethiopia because that's where you're born. But but it was groomed. And like, yeah, and I mean, so I think you'll, I think you'll like this answer, Tim. Um and it, the way, I, so when I growing up with her, I've always thought her and I were opposites. And I think, like, how do I explain this? So there's, uh, I just did a like the disc test thing, and I was in the class with two people, two two brothers that grew up in the same family, and they have two different personalities, and they both said their dad is a specific kind of personality. But those two brothers, they did the test, and they got the same exact like results, the same exact score, really? personality, and they are two different people. But then the instructor said, it's because your dad, his personality or whatever, the way he raised y'all is the same. Since you guys grew up in the same household, you do up, even though you don't have the same personalities as him, you still learned what he wanted you to because okay. he's trying wow. to because your parents trying to teach you things right. that they wish they knew or the things that they want you to be better at mm. so there's some things that I was going up like my mom's not good at like you know you, this right. comes to the point where you start realizing these things and so I started getting these points when I was younger with her but then it was just like she has like there's things that she the way she taught me was to be a specific person and a great example of this is she took in two foster brothers when I was still living with her my senior year of college of high school um Jose and Jose, they both happen to be named Jose. Um, but they both... Oh. Jose. Yeah. Jose. 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 So they both, like, I see them now. And when I talk to them, it's like... Like, when I remember when they first came to us, is like we had nothing similarity. Like, we, we just didn't, like, we just couldn't talk. Like, we, we they spoke a little bit of English, but it was just like the way they acted, the way that things, things I just didn't understand. But now, like, when I went back, to, when I moved back to Michigan, like, before I moved here for, like, a little bit... 
I I hired Jose to work for me, and when he's working, you hired a Mexican to work for you. No, he's my he's my foster brother. Yeah, I did. Hell yeah, 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 Bob. I did. But, but at then, South Texas for you, twenty five grand as well. Or <laughs> <No. not? laughs> so while he was working for me, I like I you know I started really getting to know him and stuff, and I'm just like, I started like. Like, whenever I'm talking to him, I just felt like I was talking to my older brother or as if I was talking That's to cool. myself because I was like, what is going on? And, like, the things he does, the thing, I'm just like, that's exactly what I do. Like, what? I just thought it was so weird. And then later I started realizing after, like, talking to my mom is, like, and seeing her how she's raising, like, because she ended up getting more foster care kids, the way she talks to them, the way she treats them, I'm just like, huh, I bet that has a little, like, reflection of what happens because now you have two black kids from Africa. You get two foster care brothers from El Salvador that also live with her and they all act the same means that what the things that she's teaching us with a personality is worth taking on because Jose That's and really I like cool. the same things we like to do the same like we like mm-hmm. we both are like about saving we like it was just even though we have our own bat family background the things that she taught us in the home is the same things that she's teaching the other foster care kids and when they come out of the program or just being like living with her they end up being the same kind of like adults as we are driven driven successful. and successful maybe yeah. that's god's anomaly of like giving those kids like yeah i don't know just an it sounds like chance. to me she's a good fucking mother yeah and she's an amazing person for doing that brother that's really cool yeah and mm-hmm. we're we're thankful for that we're thankful for all of it you know jordan peterson talks about um i think it's the ages like from when you're born to like maybe five or seven this there's uh a period of Beta, I think it was. Is he called it? Theta. Theta. Theta, Theta Brave Wave. Yep. Yeah, and he was like, that's where you take in, like, the majority of how you'll be throughout life. Barring other things, you know, traumatic things, yada, yada. But... Your subconscious is just flat open. Flat open. And so you gathered that in Ethiopia, and then, boom, you went to Michigan, and then you gathered some more. It was almost like God let your... Your, your consciousness, like your, your subconscious be open again and say, you got what you needed from Ethiopia. Mm. Now you're going to get what you need from Michigan. And then what you're going to do, you're going to put it together and you're going to come around and you're going to help save the world in your way. You know yeah. what I mean? That's really fucking cool. Fucking like that shit. Thanks, man. No, that is a really good point. Like, I think yeah. even all of us just have different perspectives on life and that's, yeah. I love hearing other people's points and stuff because it's like, oh yeah, I can relate with that. Is, uh, Sean, you got any questions for him? Or? Well, and, and when you move to a new place, you kind of go into that theta again because your brain's yes. like, everything's a, a total new thing again. And it sounds like you've moved to new places besides Michigan. This, I, I think I, you said North Carolina. Yep, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina and, and then and the Maui. Maui, yeah. Amazing. So lived in different places. Just And every time I've gone to a place, it's like I was never closed off to it because I think all my life, I wasn't like not cliche like I wasn't running away from anything I just felt like I did, uh, there was no really place for me to run to it was just like yeah. I just had to exist wherever I was so I had to create my own community there yeah. and so in order to do that I just had to open my heart and like surround myself with people that I liked and then ends hmm. up yeah. yeah um you does anyone ever I know you said you had to go do something by 10 o'clock yeah yeah I just had to close the gym yeah um what where are we at? Okay. Nine. So, does anyone have any other questions? Uh, I think we could always have him on. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're having him on again. Definitely. Yeah. If he wants. I would well, we really could do like it. He's it. like, I never want to be on. A, we <laughs> could do a post. I could do a post on uh, our social media. And what we'll do is we'll have we'll have questions 
uh, for the listeners. Yeah, that'd you know? be cool. I'll, I'll I bet you Matt Marlin would love. People ask would. People yeah. would. Uh, you know, you can send us as many questions as you want. We'll go through them. The next. Are you cool with that? Yeah. I'm yeah. Cool the with next that. one. Because another thing is, I would love for in another episode that you kind of go into more of the specifics of uh, just your experience in the village. Like, we'll just give some teasers with the, like the fucking hyenas or the oh yeah yeah we didn't even get to the juicy stuff yeah you know what I mean (laughs) and just like the the all that stuff and with the women and the men and and just oh the culture the Ethiopian yeah and then and like where you you have shishi over here and it's like (laughs) yep all that your grandfather oh yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but um I I have I have one more question yeah go ahead before you wrap it so I I think Marcus like with your story and with your life you're the embodiment of a renegade. Of, Amen. of someone who's Amen, old man, baby. Like, cause you're all you're you're you still are a constantly learning person. You're always reading books. Like, just you have so much wisdom and perspective in you now. And I know it's just gonna get more and more. If you had to tell our audience, give them one like bit of advice for their lives, whether it's a sentence or a little thing, what would you tell? Just the last thought. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to ever yeah. tell people Going. is to shift your vision. Mm. Yeah, I'll, expl- I'll, I'll explain, explain that. I'm not just going to drop the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's he yeah, going? Shift your vision. What the Shift your vision. So to me, it's you're given circumstances in life and you're told all your life, you have a circumstance, this is how you deal with it is one way. You're, everything's tunnel vision, tunnel vision, tunnel vision. Shift your vision. It doesn't have to be that way. You're given a circumstance. Instead of doing your normal reaction, just stop and shift your vision, look somewhere else and be like, oh yeah, I could just do that. Or like if you have like a task that you're given and you feel like there's only one outcome, there's always another way. Or mm. like I don't know. That's just my Dude, one that's, little tip. Do you have a, do you have a, just shift your vision. Like, like example for you personally? I, I literally had something like that happen to me. Yeah. Like last week, I uh, I had to take out a part of a wall uh, on a job I was doing, and I was standing on it from one side, and I'm like, there is no way I can get it out from this side. Like I'm thinking, I'm like, cause it's inside a shop, and I can't go out on the street and stuff like that. I'm like, how am I gonna get this out? I even called up Nixon. I'm like, dude, this is insane. Like I can't get this thing out. And I remember I pulled the chair up and I was looking at it, and I was like, wait a second. And I walked around the other side of the wall, and I was like, right there. It's easy. It took me five minutes to take it out. Like, dude, exactly, exactly. Exactly like that, yeah. Now, that's one of my favorite quotes. It's just, you just shift, shift your vision. vision. Um, did you want an example? Do you, do you have an example for, like, your life where you where you did that or what you're thinking of in kind of a more specific sense? Yeah. Um, that's a good question, actually, because I feel like I do all, like, even I do all, even my daily basis just when yeah. it comes to work. Um, vision would, as in, like, your goal, or vision yeah, no, as in where you think you're going. No, 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 no nothing with that. It's, no. like, you're given, um, I like to, I'll give you a random scenario um, that I think I've been in. Um, so you don't, hmm, I'm trying to think of a good scenario. You don't have to give an example. It's more like shift your vision. Just what does that mean to you? Yeah, so to me, you're giving a circumstance, and instead of going the, like, like that wall thing, like you're only looking at it from one way. You're like, there's no gotcha. way. So I you see. see it, and you're like, I'm going to give up and walk away. 
But if you just took the time, get a new perspective of the situation. If you're going through Damn. a hard time and you're like, oh, I need to break up with that person because I don't like this and this and this. And you're just like, you're like, you don't know what you're going to do. So then you're just like, oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Those are three simple things that are easy to fix. Or like, oh, wait, why am I so confused? Like, maybe I just need to shift my brain where I don't actually have a perfect. Let's go. A perfect Let's go. One. Okay. So there is this astronaut in the story it's not from my personal life it's just like i've been told of the story of like there's this astronaut he's in the cosmos and he's just going as fast as he can he's just like this astronaut who's just amazing and he just hears this ding 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 outside and he looks outside the window and he sees like a flap that's hitting and he knows it's not like it's nothing that's going to break the ship or anything like that. It's just a loose cord. That's just like, but the wind hits it and it's just tap, 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 tap. And that's all he keeps hearing. And he's just getting so annoyed by it. So, so frustrated. And then all of a sudden he's just like, why am I so frustrated with that? Why don't I just become in love with that sound? Every time I hear that, I'll just start having like positive thoughts or I'll just start falling in love with that sound. So anytime he would hear that sound, he would just start thinking some amazing things. And then the sound will go away. And then he'll hear it again like later. He'll hear tap, tap, tap. And he just starts falling in love with that sound. It just kind of like reminds him of whatever he wants it to be. So instead of having situations in your life that are just like, that annoy you, you're just like, why am I so annoyed by that? Just try to shift your vision and figure out, mm. oh, I don't have to be annoyed by that. I can fall in love with that. Or like whatever the outcome is, there's just change your perspective on it. Wonderful. I like that. Dude, bravo to that. Marcus, you are were an amazing guest, bro. Um before before we close out, you got you got like a any any social media or anything we could plug in here? Tell everybody. Yeah, y'all can hit me up on Instagram, um, at Marcus M A R C U S underscore nine seven zero. Nine seven zero. There you go. There you have it. Marcus, you're an amazing guest. Thank you so much for sharing Thanks, our Marcus. life story. Thank you. Renegade Supreme. Whoop, whoop. Tim's up on everything. Out. Oh, sorry. He's got he's got the sub stack. He's got what is it? Patreon too. Patreon. Patreon. Still posting. Oh, yeah. Follow okay. us okay. right now. Follow us online. Uh, Renegade Supreme 808 on Instagram. We're also on YouTube. You guys can see it. Of course, you guys, if you guys are listening, you're on Spotify. We got it out there. You guys are listening. Love you all. Renegade so poop 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 poop. Yes, sir, boys. Dude, that was awesome, bro.